Hey, hello everyone. Sean Simon is PPG Grandpa. Welcome to this episode of PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, episode 78 with David Carroll. I'm a little bit behind on uploading these audio podcasts. I do apologize. So you will see uh, this one pop up and uh, pretty much immediately you're going to see the bonus episode right after this and then episode 79 after that. So thank you very much for listening. Sorry that I, uh, I've been so busy with, with students. Uh, matter of fact, got another student that's going to be coming in tomorrow. We're going to be uh, sun up to sundown uh, again. So my days are so busy. I really, really, really enjoy being a full-time paramotor guy, you know, paramotor instructor, paramotor pilot. That's all I do is eat, breathe, and sleep paramotors. If you get the chance, go over to my YouTube channel. That is ppggrandpa.com or iflyparamotors.com. And I do now have a subscription uh, base for members. If you want to be a member for only $2.99, you can help support the show, which also helps support my YouTube channel and this show and everything else that I'm doing. And we're trying to collect some money also too, so we can start getting some disabled veterans into the school here over at paramotorarkansas.com. Anyways, y'all have a great day. Subscribe if you haven't. Here is episode 79, I'm sorry, 78 with David Carroll. Unbelievable. We have this really awesome crew right here. So thank you guys for joining us. Tonight's guest is David Carroll, but we're going to get to him in just a moment. Let's go ahead and introduce everybody real quick. We have Never Trust a Skinny Chef Shane. How's it going, brother? It's going. How are you guys doing tonight? Man, I'm doing so good. I should be doing a backflip. No, no, no. Too old. Can you film, can you film that, please? <laughs> I'll beta max it or, or VHS it for you, buddy. Hey, you got a uh, show okay. that you got a show that uh, goes on on uh, Tuesday nights. What's that show, and how do we get to it? It is uh, Tuesday night hangouts. It is um, on YouTube, and you can find me at ppgshane.com. It'll link you right to the page, and it'll be starting at eight o'clock Eastern time. And it runs usually to about 10 o'clock, and then I try to get out of here because i got to spend time with the wife. Well, I don't Absolutely. have to. I want to. Absolutely. That's awesome. And uh, we also got thank, – thank you, Chef, for being on here. And uh, Jade and Eric, uh, you're with us too. And um, uh, Jade, don't you have a show that's going on on Wednesday? What's that all about? How do we uh, watch that show? Yep, we're going on episode number two, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central. And it's called Girls Just Want to Fly. And I have a new special guest and Tammy French uh, will be joining me and possibly Krista if she's back from vacation. And she is what she thinks is the first Idaho PPG pilot right now. She just took her first flight, I think, this last week. And I think she was supposed to try to fly today or early this morning or tonight. So hoping that we get another flight out of her. You know, every time I think of your podcast, I always think it's uh, girls just want to have fun. So I have Cindy Lauper in my head. Yep, so. that was that was the song I wanted to have playing for my background, but can't do it. Well, you can. No one's going to say anything. Uh, <laughs> you're not monetizing it, so it's all right. No. True. So, how, so how do we get to it? Do you have a .com or something? No.com yet, um, but you can go to Paramotor Girl. Oh, yeah. Paramotorgirl.com. 
<laughs> and or Flying Flamingo Jade on YouTube. Um, and if any gals are interested in um, helping out on a Wednesday night and sharing their story, just uh, send me a private message. And on Facebook, look up Jade Lear and message me and we'll chat and see what day we can put you in. You look like you got a handsome guy next to you. Who is he and does he have a .com? <laughs> Shane, get the hell out of here. What is he doing here? <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm Eric, Jade's husband, and I do not have a channel, believe it or not, um, because I deal with these Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Wednesday night channels, so that's enough for me. But I do fly PBG. And um, you can find me at uh, ppglear.com or ppglear.com on YouTube, I think. And please subscribe so I have more than 13 subscribers. Help them out. <laughs> Definitely. We need to help you out. So thank you so much for joining us. It looks like you got a nice, uh, nice area to join us. We also got Linda Anderson. She is our... She's our cheerleader. Where's your pom-poms? Right here. <laughs> so we got uh, the pom-poms -pom -pom going, and uh, you are our... Uh, ParamomUSA.com. You are definitely our Paramom, but you also help us get guests. Matter of fact, you helped us get this yeah. guest that we have on today. Um, so if you want to be a guest on the show, make sure you go over to paramomusa.com. We also got right. PPG Fix It in the house. What's up, brother? Hey, what do you say, guys? And uh, I guess you're just going to be hanging out with us, so we appreciate you joining us on episode 77 of clearproptv.com, PPG Grandpa's Primordial Podcast. I hope we get a bunch of people that run over here right now. Now, to introduce to you the guy that everyone came here for because he has all the cool stories that you've ever wanted to know about. He's going to be talking to us about how he can destroy a... Uh, uh, a sky tap angel. I can't even destroy a sky tap angel, but he can. Holy smokes! And uh, he has, he's also a free flight free flight pilot, and he's learned a lot about the weather and cool things. So he's going to be telling us uh, all the stuff that he's learned. Welcome everybody, David Carroll. What's up, David Carroll? I, I prefer to be known as the guy that sold a flat top to Sean that was beat all to pieces. <laughs> yes, you are very, very, very rough on your equipment. And I got a hand-me-down. The first paramotor I got was the uh, the flat top. And uh, I'm like, what what happened to this? How is this, how is this frame bent? Um, what happened to these arms? The arms are all bent up. Uh, what happened that, that they're all bent up when he sold it to me? By the way, it's funny because um, Sean kind of got off on a bad foot with me. Uh, just just to just our, our original history, because I sold him this flat top. Really? And I basically told him I'm going to tell everybody the story of how I okay. met Sean. So he comes to Amarillo and I've got this flat top that I don't even want to sell. This thing is in bad shape. So I'm like, you know what? If someone offers me as much as this thing is for the Viterazzi motor on it, I'll take it. Um, I had I had uh, had the thing fall off the back of my carrier and it drug, and that's how the the Comfort arms got scraped up. So I bought new ones, but the way the flat top works is you can't put Comfort bars on it without uh, re-sewing the whole harness. 
It's not like the sky tap, right? You can't, you can't take the harness off and put it on. It's sewn into it. So I gave him those and said, Hey, you'll have to send it to Dell. I don't ever want to talk to Dell again. <laughs> and you'll have to get it sewn for me and we'll get a seamstress to do it. And I went over the whole thing and showed him every place it was bent and broken. And I, and he videoed it and I said, okay, but I don't want this video on YouTube. And he said, I won't put it on YouTube. What do I see a week later? Me walking around this flat top on YouTube, telling him everything that's wrong with the piece of junk I'm selling him that I was like really hesitant. I hate selling PPG gear. I never want to sell free flight gear. I never want to sell PPG gear because I'm always afraid that I don't want to sell someone something bad and then them hurt themselves on it or whatever. So I wanted to be very honest and go over the whole thing and try and find anything bad about it and tell him about it. But he, he just goes, oh, don't worry about it. I didn't show your face. And I'm like, he had no idea how small the community was, right? And then I get a message from the guy that's training him on my phone. Did you sell Sean a, an effing flat top? And I told Sean, I'm like, dude, and I'm not going to say his name, but I'm going to say, dude, what the heck? <laughs> You're killing me here. Like, everybody knows my voice. I'm the Texas guy from the Texas panhandle. Like, people know me. Anyways, but I, I get along with Sean. I, I'm, I, I'm not trying to say I don't, but I was I'm like. I'm so hey, sorry man. about that. I forgot about that. But but your voice and the way that you went over everything was really good. I'm like, this is really good information. <laughs> this is good. It needs to be out there. But I didn't realize how small the community was in it. I'm so sorry. I really, I'm so I'm sorry. Message. I'm getting I'm blown up. i about on, that. Why the hell did you sell Sean that paramotor? <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, oh, oh no. exactly I'm so what sorry. I forgot about what, that. What happened was exactly what I thought was going to happen, right? But anyway, so there's the there's the history of Sean and I. Um, I was uh, the, one of the first people to meet Sean in the PPG community, right? Yes. Aside from your trainer and some of the guys down there in, in Oklahoma, um, yeah. I was one of the first people to meet you. So Absolutely. I like Sean. He's a nice guy. Um, I forgot but yeah, about that. <laughs> I'm not as hard on my PPG equipment as I used to be. I will say that. Um, hey, can I say something real quick? Yes. You also uh, sold me your free flight harness. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good it's good because i'm using that right now for my students that are training and that is an awesome awesome for, for, uh, for training and that's what yeah. i said i told you and what did i tell you i said i don't want you to fly with this thing right, right. like i don't want to sell stuff to people people are going to fly with but it's an old harness before they put the airbags in the back it just has the seat pad right it's not really that safe anymore by today's standards to fly with but a seat, a simple old harness, like an Edel, like 20-year-old or 15-year-old harness is wonderful to pick up cheap for paramotor kiting or kiting in general because it's lighter and it's not as hot. And in the South, a, a, a harness that isn't just going to burn you up is nice, right? Uh, nice. Kiting with a, a nice uh, PG harness is generally kind of hot and not that comfortable because they just, they tend to... They tend to trap heat if they don't have air being pushed into them. So um, I'm glad you're getting use out of it. It was in good shape. It just wasn't safe to launch from a mountain, in my opinion. So um, not that I hadn't. I had flown quite a few times off of a mountain with that, but it always just scared me to death that I was going to break my back with it. So, um, yeah, the $75 harness, right? I, I enjoy it, and I've used it. And um, um, I haven't jumped off mountains, but – 
I have used it for um, for for towing and for bunny hills, and definitely I've used it for 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 kiting. It's been absolutely amazing. For towing, that would be fine. It's just you know when you launch from a mountain, you want that back protection in case something happens. You'll you'll see people do take collapses right on launch, and that's where you really need that back protection to save your back. That's that's the most dangerous part of a uh, free flight. So I'm glad I'm glad it worked out for you, but. Uh, as far as being hard on equipment, I haven't I haven't really uh, messed anything up in a while. Uh, <laughs> the, I would say the last big thing that I messed up uh, would have been when I turned my uh, I turned my SkyTap Angel on its top, um, launched in a new location. I thought, oh, and 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 that's something I like to do even today. By the way, I almost never launched twice from the same location. I've got two local airports that are really cool. One of them allow me to do tow ops. I almost never fly at them. I always go find a place to fly that I want to fly around and I find a place next to that and I just launch from there. It'd be a bar ditch. Um, one thing I like launching from is uh, uh, they have these like little historical markers in Texas next to the highway. And those historical markers generally have a little parking spot and, and a trash can and a little bitty field. And it's just enough to launch if you've got a little bit of wind. Um, so I like launching from those. Uh, any BLM land I can find. Uh, yeah, I like I like I like going different places. So I don't like wearing out my welcome. Um, so I still do that. But I don't uh, I don't tear up equipment near as much as I used to. Um and that may be because I'm just not flying my paramotor as much, but uh, but I did put some hours on it this weekend. We put quite a few hours and some really actually fairly gnarly wind, uh, or gnarly, I should say, gnarly air, not so much wind. Um, even got to try out, have, have any of you guys flown the Colorado? That's a pretty good wing. Um, the, the, have, you, have you guys flown the Colorado? Anybody on the panel or anybody in the chat? Is that the Charger? No, it's the, the uh, it's the higher, it's the higher aspect uh, version of the Charger. Okay, no, I mean I have it, but I've only ever flown one wing in school, and then the wing I got now. So, what what do you have? I'm an, I got the uh, Nuviac uh, Link Two. Okay, seven meter. Yeah, I did have a Charger. I tore it in half landing in a tree. Um, <laughs> that's another story. Yeah, Sean's right. I am hard on equipment. Okay, I get. I, I, I give up. Was that you was got, that your was that your wing that you had all tore up when I came to get the the flat top? Yes, I showed it to you, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was torn in half. <laughs> Never quite seen a wing shredded like that, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was my first. Yeah. Holy smokes! Do you know Elena Honeycutt? Yeah, um, met her oh. at Bad Apples. Yeah, when she landed in the trees, if you ever saw that video of hers, I landed into the trees at the exact same time, but I wasn't recording. So that that was an eventful day. Uh, that was an eventful day there at that location that will remain undisclosed <laughs> to protect the innocent. I think so, it's really uh, I think it's really neat that you are going out and you do fly. You fly a lot, and. I do. And I understand that you are hard on your equipment because you're finding different LZs. You're finding different places to to fly. And to me, that's amazing. I think that's really awesome. Uh, tell us a little bit of, about the uh, LZs that you found and uh, 
the ones that are good, the ones that are not good, you don't have to, you know, say where they are, but, you know, just explain, you know, where you're finding these LZs and, and, uh, are you looking on, on, on Google earth or what? Allowed to share my screen here or no? Absolutely. We'll do a shared screen session here. Okay. Let's see if I can. Let's do, and then let's go to. So for the people that are listening to this podcast or not watching it, tell us what you're doing. So I'm going, I, I have, uh, I'm trying to find. So this is a, kind of a short list right here of, of the places that I fly around me. So you pulled up a map right now. So we're looking at a map with a bunch of um, pins. Right. Just so, like kind of like little notes, right? So like this little spot right here, you can, you know, I'll put little notes. You can fly from here, be safe, canyons kill. Um, and then I have like a video of me flying from here. Um, and this is kind of for my own reference, right? And I'm going to go here. And this is actually inside of the Paladoro Canyon, the big canyon. It's about a thousand foot drop from the edge down to the river and then the edge down to the river. Um, there's a couple uh, launches that I want to explore and I just haven't yet. Um, one would be right here. There's more than enough room at the side of the highway that I could launch from here. And then um, there is a spot right down here. Let's see if I can find it. Right here, this little spot down here at the very bottom of the canyon will work if the wind is right. Um, and this is actually a historical marker at the bottom of this. And I could park my car down here and I can launch from it. And I spend a lot of time in Google Maps and Google Earth uh, finding places to fly. You'll see I've got places that I've flown all the way up into Santa Fe. Um, there's some BLM land up in here that I really enjoy flying uh, my paramotor at, um, some, some mountains that I like to fly around stuff. Um, but that's what I do. I, I kind of look at um, the weather. Sometimes, like if I have a weekend with, you know, I don't have the kids or whatever, I'll look at the weather and I'll say, you know what, the weather sucks in Amarillo, which is like 85% of the time. And so I'll say, what's within a two or three hour radius? So I'll back it out here, right? And I'll see. And if I look, if I look at somewhere that I like the weather and like, for example, um, and I don't have it on this map, I, this isn't complete. But there's a little campground up here in the Rita Blanca National Grasslands that you can you can fly out of, um, and that's a that's a place that I've gone to. So that's what I do. I like to find places to launch and land from. Um, like I was driving through and and decided to stop in here at the Children's Municipal Airport one day on the way back from Dallas and uh, talked to some pilots there, and they said they'd love to have me fly there. So. Now I consider that to be a, a place for me to fly out of. So that's kind of what I do. I, I, I enjoy flying new places. Um, my favorite uh, LZ in the world is right here uh, down in the uh, Canadian River ATV park, which by the way, if you ever find an ATV park, great paramotor launching, right? Like you may not be able to mow it or whatever, but people kill themselves all the time. And I mean, I hate to say that, but you're not going to have that whole risk aversion in an, in an ATV park because there are deaths and there are injuries just inherently in motorcycling and four wheel drives. And, and so 
they're fine with paramotoring, right? They don't have that, ooh, what is this scary thing? Well, you know, like literally I've paraglided from this little hill right here where this green green dot is. This this spot right here is called Widowmaker Hill because so many people have died at it, right? So I'm not going to have those problems at an ATV park down here that I would, you know, in, in around someone's private land or something where they might be more risk averse or a park or something. People are like, oh, the scary thing, because it's actually not, not that scary. You know, statistically, paramotoring and paragliding is much safer than the stuff these guys do down here. So this is one of my favorite places in the world to fly right here. And then I actually have some free flight places that I've I found on it's on a different map, but I actually do free flight. There's um, and I've done this in my paramotor where you come along a ridge and you just do uh, you kill the engine and you just uh, ridge soar back and forth, just like you would a free flight pilot um, back and forth on a ridge like this. And I have this ridge right here. It's five miles of, of ridge. And I enjoy doing that as well. Um, and I've done that uh, down here as well at the. Uh, with Anthony Vela, I've uh, I've free flown in my paramotor. Uh, I like that. I like taking my paramotor up. If I've got a big mountain or something, glass off, kill the engine, just cruise around in quiet. I like the silence sometimes, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I do when I'm exploring, uh, new places to fly. And I, I, I'm an adventure guy. I like to adventure fly. Um, I'm less about the finding scary places to fly and more about finding new cool places to look at and sightsee. So, what do you like better? Do you like free flying PG or uh, power paragliding PBG? They're totally different activities to me. So, I really like powered paragliding because you can explore down low and and really sightsee right. Whereas, uh, free flight to me is more of an artful expression. And it's quiet. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I really get into the fact that I launch from a mountain and it's silence except for my lines whistling. That is really cool. Um, it's really cool feeling the air, feeling nature, watching what birds are doing, watching butterflies. Um, you'll see things in the air when you're moving really slow through it. You see butterflies coming up. You see um, uh, spiders, you know, on little on little things floating up. And you know that that's going to be buoyant air and you can go over there and you can get lift. So I really enjoy that, but paramotoring to me, it, it's a lot more, there is a lot more freedom in paramotoring because you don't have to have a mountain, first of all, you don't have to have a tow winch, you don't have to have anybody. Um, and generally speaking, if you've never launched there before, chances are you can squeak out a launch and no one's ever gonna care, right? It's when you have you and 10 other buddies show up at the local municipal park every freaking Saturday at six o'clock in the morning, when people are trying to sleep and start roaring over people's houses, that's when we start having problems, right? And that's where everybody starts running into the issue. If it's a really good landing zone and people don't have to think about it, um, that's where we get into the issues. Um, the only time I generally, now I, now I have flown out of Vega airport a few times. Um, usually if I fly out of Vega, it's because I've just worked on my carburetor or something and I want to uh, take off from a nice airport where I, if I have an engine out or something, I'm, going to easily glide back and it's going to be an open place. But I have, I have flown from here to uh, New Mexico uh, right over here. So I have, I have done a few hundred miles into New Mexico and, and back uh, from this Vega airport. And uh, I have done some pretty good cross countries in the paramotor. 
you know, the nice thing about a paramotor is you can fly back. The one thing about PG I've found those guys, the, the PG guys will go faster and further sometimes than even a paramotor. You'd be surprised, but they're only going one way, right? Once they can't turn and go, uh, even against a three or four mile an hour wind, they won't make it right. They won't make hardly any headway. Um, so, uh, I have flown actually from this airport down to where this star is, then back, let's see, I have flown from, I don't think, I don't know if there's a way to draw on this, but I actually have flown uh, this this full circle from Amarillo all the way down to Silverton right here, down to the Caprock State Park, um, back to Claude. I have, that's one of my favorite videos, by the way. Um, I went up to Claude here and then across the north rim of the Palo Canyon and then landed, and that was, 7.30 in the morning until 6 o'clock in the afternoon it was a pretty good long day of, of uh, piloting and some pretty active weather with a couple uh, small collapses. So that was a fun day. Um, that's one of my most memorable days. It sounds really fun. <clears throat> what, I what I would like to know is when you do PG and you launch from a mountain, mm -hmm. Do you know where you're going to land? And if you do, how do you get back to your LZ or how do you get back to your car? That's what I don't understand as far as like, where, where do you land? So um, if I'm flying, uh, like, let's say I'm going to pick up a, a new site. The cool thing about finding a new site to launch is a lot of times you get to name the ridge, right? Um, so that that's kind of an interesting thing. So I just made my first free flight from this ridge right here. Um, and I'm calling this the Rosita, the Rosita Ridge, because down here is the Rosita, um, what they call the Rosita Salt Flats. And so I flew from right here and I landed, I think, right about here. Um, so I knew where I was going to land. Like I, I knew that if I had no lift and all I had was sink, that I was going to land somewhere between here and here. My car happened to be parked right here. So um, I think that's right. Uh, maybe I, maybe my car was up here somewhere, but I actually landed like 10 feet away from my car. Um, so yes, you when you launch, you have a designated uh, uh, landing site, but then you also have what they call bailout sites. So you'll have bailout one, bailout two, bailout three, right? So you, you've you already determined your bailout sites. But I don't see that as being much different than PPG because I almost always have a bailout site too. I mean, I almost always have a bailout site. I've had too many engines out. I, I think I counted one day and I've had something like 13 or 14 engine outs in a year. Um, wow. I mean... I'm, I'm not that great of a mechanic, obviously, <laughs> but I mean, I, some of those where I had like three engine outs in one day, cause I was having problems with fuel lines, right? Like you, you're, you're, testing something, you take off, you fly around. Um, I had one engine out on my YouTube channel. Literally I'm fit. The, what, the worst engine outs I've ever had were like 15 feet off the ground, right? You launch your, your angles real good, right. And you're going up and then all of a sudden, you're, you're just taking off and your engine dies and you kind of porpoise, right? And come right back down towards the ground. You don't have a lot of flare authority in that situation. I mean, you just, you bury them as good as you can. But to me, the the ones I hate the most are when I just first take off. I hate those. Um, 
but yeah, it was just a fuel issue, you know, um, no big deal. I fixed it, but yeah. So, I mean, PPG, you should have a bailout or two or three at all times while flying. Do we always know, but I try to always at least keep one bailout always. Um, and that's something that I used to not do. I would say go back to two years ago, Dave, I would say I probably not, did not do that. So, I mean, I knew to do it. Did, was I trained to do that? Yes. I think we were, I think we were all trained to do that. If, if we're, if we were trained by someone good, we were always trained to keep it, but a lot of us don't. Right. And you see guys flying Moab low and, and every time I do, I just kind of cringe because I'm like, man, if your engine goes out, you're going to land in like a terrible place. There's no way you don't hurt yourself or kill yourself there. I mean, I get it right. Risk versus reward. I'm okay with that, but like, like I have not ever flown in New Mexico under the, uh, the, the Royal Gorge Bridge. I won't do it. My friends have. I won't do it. So this is what it is. I, I'll, no, I will definitely there. fly over there and look at the Rio. I will go and look at that bridge and look at that area because I think it's beautiful, but I'm not going to fly under that bridge. There's just no outs, right? Yeah, it's the river. Yeah, and that's a, that's a gnarly river. Like this little river here. Like I've landed in this river, right? You, you probably saw that video where I landed in that river and I had to hike five miles back to my truck. It's two feet deep at the most, right? I mean, you could foot drag this thing from one end to the other. Anywhere you put down in, you're going to be safe, right? In fact, is you'll be safer than if you put either foot dragging and hit the ground because it's very soft sand. All this sand, all these little sand banks you see around here are super soft like play sand. So... Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the kind of flying I like to do. Um, I do fly in gnarlier air than most par paramotor pilots. Um, I have people come down and visit me and I find stuff that they're just not willing to. And it's not that I mean to fly in nasty, crappy air. It's just, that's all I've ever really flown in. So it's just what I'm used to. And I think you see that you see that everywhere though, right? You see the locals and you're like, man, I can't believe they're flying in this, but it's just because you're not a local. Um, it's when the locals are not flying in something is when you should not fly. Now, I know before we went live, we were talking a little bit about the wind and uh, turbulence and stuff like that. Um, do you want to go ahead and talk about uh, the things that, you've, that you have learned over the years? Yeah. So specifically around canyons, I can't speak much to as much to mountains, I have learned more just from doing free flight in the mountains, but you know, a lot of people don't realize this. And I see people flying paramotors around these kind of structures. And especially when people want to travel to, I always hear, you know, I'm on the Moab group, right? And I see people, Hey, I'm going to be traveling to Moab. I want to fly in Moab. But a lot of these people are coming from areas where maybe they don't have these kind of structures and something happened uh, yesterday, actually, and it warrants discussion. So we are down here at the Canadian River, and we launch. I've actually, I don't know if I have it on video or not, but we launch from this little area right here. It's my favorite, favorite launch site. So we take off, and we fly all the way down here, and it's beautiful. I mean, you know, gnarly storms around us and stuff, but I'm okay with flying because the storms are dying down a little bit. They're kind of exhaling. Uh, I, there's no gust fronts or anything, so I feel comfortable. We come down here to the crossbar ranch. 
Then we turn around and we fly back. And this was my flight plan was to go down here and then turn around and come back up to this corner. And then it's all, it's all uh, some area that legally sketchy to be too low up here. But um, are you so showing, come, are you showing something on your screen? Oh, you you turned it off. I'm so sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, so we fly from this area down here and then we we're flying back and we're coming through this little area right here. And my buddy that I'm flying with, who's from Missouri, uh, just turns around and goes back to the L starts going back to the LZ. And I look at him and I see his wing and I fly a non-reflex wing. I fly the sky flux and he's flying the Colorado and Paramotor wings have a paramotor reflex wings have a different thing they do and they encounter pretty good turbulence than non-reflex wings. I don't know if you guys fly both types of wings or, or know the differences. And but just real quickly, a reflex wing will, when it encounters softer air, it's very rigid, right? A reflex stays very, very rigid and taut. And so what it does when it encounters soft air is it will lurch forward to grab that softer air so it can stay, maintain that rigidity and that, and that, and that safety of the, the reflex profile. Whereas a non-reflex, when it encounters the softer air, will what I, I will call it talking to you, right? So on the tips of the wing, when, when this encounters soft air in a non-reflex, non it'll, it'll bend down, right? It's not really collapsing so much, but it's, you, it, it gets a little soft because it's talking to you. Well, I see his wing doing this business, right? And it's very uncomfortable in a reflex wing to hit turbulence. And that's why most people don't like flying it, and I don't blame them. Because when you're in a reflex wing and you hit turbulence, even though, yes, it's more difficult for it to deflate, they're, they're not only shaking up and down, but they're going this direction trying to catch that that rigidity again so the pilot is getting this action and this action at the same time whereas in a non-reflex i find you just get more of this action you get more of that lift because your wings able to kind of get a little soft a little analog instead of digital so i see his wings starting to kind of go back and forth and so i know he's caught a uh, pretty good turbulence and i then i hit it and i i go up and down more than more than side to side kind of not side to side. I don't know how you would call it horizontal forward and back movement, like a, like a reflex glider. And he turns around. So I turn around, we go land and he goes, Oh man, I don't know what that was. I said, I know exactly what that was. The wind is coming from, from this direction right here. And so what's happening is the Canyon is creating from this lake all the way down. It's creating a Venturi. And so even though the wind was kind of coming across this direction, that that canyon will actually take the wind and bend it just like a river, just like water. And it bends that air to flow directly down the canyon. And what was happening is it was coming right down here, hitting this 230 foot ridge and coming up over the top of it and then coming through this area and just rolling. It was just creating a roll. We're about 550, 600 feet off the ground. And that's what it was. That's mechanical turbulence that you're going to find in canyons. So you have to be very, very cautious in canyons about venturis because the wind will always try to bend a flow into the canyon. 
So when you see a bend in the canyon, that's where the wind can come up over the top of the canyon, back down, and create that rolling, that rolling uh, gnarly wind and mechanical turbulence. And that can and will deflate. I don't care what the manufacturer has taught you about whatever, the reflex, non-reflex, Del Shanzi's wing, it will collapse your wing in mechanical turbulence if it's strong enough. It wasn't strong enough that night, and I wouldn't have flown if it was. Um, that and these are lower canyon walls. This is not the depth of the Paladero Canyon. This is 250, 280 feet, whereas the Paladero Canyon is like 1,000 feet. But it's the same kind of thing. So it's something to be aware of, whether you're a free flight pilot or whether you're a paramotor pilot. It affects us all the same. We're flying these soft, floppy wings on strings. Be careful of bends in canyons. They can and do cause mechanical turbulence, and they can kill you. Simple as that. Um, what's the answer? Uh, Kyle Oglee has my favorite answer of anything. If it's rough down low, get above it. And so that's your answer. Had we climbed up to about 800 feet, we would have not felt a thing. So um, that's kind of an interesting thing. So uh, canyons do bend. Uh, let me just pull a bit old windy here for a second. And it may, watch it not be doing it right now. Um, so this is the canyon. Let's see if I can go to... So this is saying it's going this direction, but I can guarantee that this wind is going to flow into this canyon and it's going to turn and it's going to come down just like this, down low. It just depends how low it is and how strong the wind is. It's pretty strong wind today. Nah, yeah, it's probably too strong to bend it much, but uh, more often than not, you will see that the wind will follow. If it's coming from the south, it'll go up the canyon. It's coming from the north. It will come down the canyon just like this. So that's just something to be aware of when flying around canyons. I thought maybe I'd do a PSA about that because a lot of people like flying around canyoning areas like in Moab, Arizona, Palado Canyon. Um, that's really what you need to be very concerned of when it comes to canyons is whenever you have a bend, that's when you're going to see some real turbulent air and it can fold your wing very quickly and you won't know why. And that's, and that's what, that's what does it. So there's my PSA. About right. flying around before you, before you close out, Wendy, um, yeah. I'd like to ask you a couple questions, but first I want to say thank you, Kent Stamey for donating in the super chat. We appreciate you. Um, and uh, thank you for everybody that is watching the show. Um, we definitely appreciate you being here. Uh, we try to say hello to everybody. Uh, uh, anybody have any questions for uh, David, want to say hi to Fly Baby Fly, PPG, Walter's in the chat, Jim CR120. And in case you didn't know, you can find Jim at paramotorguy.com. Uh, Will Fly, Slow Days, Flying Flamingo Jade's in the chat, but she's also here on the panel, Nick Griffith. Um, let's see who else is on here. Never Trust Skinny Chef Shane. That's awesome. He's never here, actually. I'm in I don't, I don't know what I'd do without you, buddy. I, I appreciate you, man. I really do. Uh, Kelby Cox is in the house. Um, we got Mark McElroy from uh, Paralife PPG. Um, I just want to shout that uh, guy out to you. If you want some really good shirts that are just really amazing, make sure you go to paralifeppg.com. He has the best um, best shirts. Am I right, guys? Am I right? Best shirts ever. Sean Nasker is in the house. And woohoo, Bill H is here. And I thought I saw um, 
who else is in here? Did I hit everybody? I think I got everybody. If I didn't, I'm sorry. I think there's one more person. Um, oh, yeah, Angela. Angela uh, is in the house. Let's see. Um, and that is all I see. If I missed your name, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to scroll all the way up to oh, the very uh, top. You did, um, oh, Eric. Hey, oh, hello, Sean. You didn't mention Eric. Eric? Eric whom? Eric Lear? <laughs> If, if it's Eric Lear, uh, he's in the he's in our panel. And yo, dude, what's up, Tommy? Oh, that's right, Tommy Sutherland. Um, got my shirt hey, today. Hey, Thanks. Hey. Woohoo! Good, good deal. Um, hey, hello, chatters. Love you. Oh, Dragon you. Campers. My son's in the chat. He's still hey. driving. He won't be um, back here until um, later tonight, about nine o'clock. Hey. So hopefully, he'll be able to jump on here. Um, looks like we got something here. Oh, this is the crash test, right? Yeah, so, since you, so, you thought people would be interested because everybody loves seeing but someone screw up, right? Um, well, it's it's not the screw up <laughs> thing. It's the in, indestructible thing that you uh, destroyed, which is awesome. <laughs> so, go ahead and, so go ahead and um, let's go ahead and back up real quick. The uh, the flat top is supposed to be like really super strong, but because of the stigma, um, uh, SkyTap Paramotor, or yeah, SkyType Paramotor. Um, Andrew Fuller decided to design something a little bit better and stronger without the flat top, and that became the Angel. I did a comparison when I had both of them, and let me tell you, I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying the Angel much better. He also guarantees the equipment, so if you destroy it and you have it on film, he'll send you out free pieces, unlike other Paramotor uh, people out there. So we, we didn't. See out free pieces i paid for everything what did, did you have it on film i thought that was his guarantee Dude, okay here's the thing what happened I, I support people that i do business with and i don't ask for free stuff end of story and i don't want free stuff um i want to support people that i like that are in the industry right if you've got friends and i consider andrew a friend now by the way um I feel like if you've got a friend in any industry where they have a restaurant or whatever, you don't go in asking for a discount. You ask, you know, what's a good tip, right? Um, you pay for your meal and you and you support your friends. And so I would never ask for anything free from Andrew. But he has gotten me some good deals on uh, some equipment. So <laughs> just put that out there. He's gotten me some amazing deals on equipment. But uh, so uh, this is where I destroyed my SkyTap Angel. Um, it can be done. But, uh, yeah, so let's just, I guess, just roll it. I've got it. So I've got a 360 camera running. It's a terrible angle, and I realize that. Um, but that's the only camera I had. I'm set up in a new location to fly. You can see it's gravel around here. It's all farmland around me. But what I did not realize, and I do know, know now, is that is a thermal trigger site. You see I got a little wingtip collapse there, even on launch. Wow, you're upside down and everything. Yeah, so that's the uh, quick release system in action. <laughs> yes, I uh, I always I love that quick release. I love it. Yeah, and it, it's really good if you're stuck in the turtle position. You just yank it and roll back. Dude, um, that happened to me once. I was in the turtle. I yanked it. I got out of it, and nothing happened. I mean, that no. angel is awesome. Yeah. So what so, happened there? I mean, it looked like you're just running, then all of a sudden you were on your head. Um, so a couple things. One, I was flying a wing that 
quite honestly, it's too hot for me. Um, it, for my weight, um, I fly somewhere at, at the time I was a lot thinner cause it was pre COVID damn you COVID. Um, I was probably at about 275 pounds of weight with my paramotor all up. And this is a 19 meter flux that I'm demo. <laughs> this is sad because this is demo equipment and this is actually demoed from, from Andrew. You've probably seen this wing at the Skylab, right? Um, <laughs> you may have, you may have seen people doing acro into the, into the ocean on this thing. Um, but what happens is you see a little wingtip collapse and you can see my right hand going down to catch that collapse. And like right there, you'll see a little, see the little wing, wingtip collapse. That's the, it's talking to me. The wing is talking to me that I'm not listening. I'm, I'm hitting brake and I'm just going to force it rather than just turning around and waiting for the air to calm down. And I hit the inside. I, as far as I can tell, I hit a dust devil um, right on launch. And yeah, there it goes. Folds the wing, pulls me back. This is a little bit different angle um, off this 360 camera. And uh, this is where I like the safety features of this thing. If you look right there, you can see my arm went straight into the netting on that while the propeller's spinning at 8,000 ripples, right? Um, I do believe that had I been on another paramotor, not only would have destroyed the frame, I believe I probably would have cut my arm really bad. Um, so uh, you can see the rocks getting chewed up by the propeller as it hits here. So, Yeah, that uh, 500 test pound Kevlar Definitely saved and probably saved your noggin too. Yeah, it did. Um, so that, that was, that was what I like to call it less of a crash and more of a test crash, right? Like I was a test dummy for, <laughs> for it. But uh, here's the thing. Yes. I paid for everything. My reviews. If I, if I tell someone I like something, it's because I like it. I'm not getting anything for free. I don't ever want really money out of this whole thing. Maybe when I retire, I'll take a few bucks for training people. But I've got a full-time job and it's stressful. I don't want to make this stress, right? So um, the parts were inexpensive to replace, in my opinion, and he got them to me quick. Uh, I only had to replace two pieces off of the frame here. Uh, it was just the top two sections because I it did. It's hard to see on it, but when I turned it over, I did land on the top. Um, and so that that is the damage that it did was... Uh, <laughs> I was completely uninjured, um, did tear up the propeller, but that was it propeller in two pieces. And I was flying, I think a week and a half later. So easy peasy. Um, that's all I can hope for, right? If I buy something and I tear it up. Um, now I will say I had one spar crack and I asked, uh, on the bottom and I asked Andrew to sell me one and he just sent me one for free. Cause he said, he said that I probably broke it, but he wasn't sure if I broke it or if I, you know, if it happened in a crash. So he sent that to me for free. So um, most people would not do that. Most manufacturers would not send you something for free, no matter what. Right. I um, totally agree. Andrew's a really good guy. If you guys want to. Yeah. Oh, did you know that he's got a new, um, a new frame out? He has a Spartan. No. Yeah, he has a Spartan. So he has the Angel, and now he has a Spartan. The Spartan is um, go ahead and go to uh, SkyTap uh, uh, SkyTap and 
see if he has it on there or not. He had it over at Bad Apples. It's very similar to this, but it's the uh, the one that you just put on on your back. I mean, it's really super light. Has the double mm-hmm. hoop, the five hundred test pound, but it doesn't have you know the uh, the what do you call it? The crumples on, I suppose. So it's really super light. It's like the normal paramotor that you just have to wear on your bat and back and reach down and grab your risers and yeah, put them yeah. on. But um, yeah, I think you can put on an Atom 80 on it. Oh, okay. It's a lightweight kit. Yeah, it's a lightweight cool. one. It's not this beast. Hey, did I tell you also, I got the uh, trike kit for the uh, Angel. Did you really? I've talked yes, to him about that. Um, how do you like it? Well, I haven't flown it. I put it on, and we've been what? me and the students been uh, driving around and uh, riding around on the grass and stuff. But uh, I'm waiting for the nil wind to to take it up and 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 go fly. That's when they're the best, right? Those trikes. You don't have to run at all. You just zoom and go in the air. I, I know. It's like um, I, I I've flown a lot of trikes, and I never had one myself, but I wanted to get one. And uh, this is the easiest way of getting one. It's the cheapest way to, to get one. You guys, it's like 10 till 8. Um, any questions in the chat for David? Any questions in on the panel? Um, how, 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 how many years has he been flying paramotors? Started training in 2018. Okay. How many... How many hours would you say you have uh, with PPG? Uh, and I, this is going to sound terrible, but in PPG, I don't track hours at all. Uh, never have. I know that my paramotor, I think my flat top has somewhere around, or no, I'm sorry, my flat top, I, th- I think I had put about 150 hours on it when I sold it, but I sold it used. It had a, it was It was pretty well used before I got it. And then the Angel, I probably got about another 175, something like that on it. Um, so I probably put in, I'm guessing, about 100 hours a year. Nice. How about, how about uh, as far as the PG? PG, I have had, uh, well, I'll just say this. Um, I started training right before covid and I just finished my P3 requirements. Um, I can actually, actually, you know what? Hang on. Uh, let's see. Google Docs tells me that I have had uh, my Ushba flight log says that I have had. 30 hours of free flight experience since 6.30 of 2019. So, yeah, 30 30 hours of that in about, what, a year and a half? So I spend some time in the seat, but, you know, I'm not. I will tell you this. Finding good free flight days in Amarillo is usually very difficult. And our average wind speed is, I think, I don't want to lie, I think it's like 13 and a half miles an hour. So you, log, was this. so you log all of your um, PG flights? Yes, and there's a there's a reason for that though. Once once I get my ratings, I will stop logging my flights most likely in PG, and most people do. But in PG, you must have 
certain requirements in logged flights before you can get certain certifications. And they're very serious about it. So um, I didn't, I don't know if you knew that and I'll share my screen again. Like maybe I should just keep that on. Um, let's see. Screen three. I'm on the right. Am I sharing the right screen? Can you see my web browser? It says Amarillo average wind speed. Okay. So yeah, our average wind speed here is like close to 14 miles an hour. Right. Which is, and that, you know, that's not counting for gusts. So on an average day, I cannot fly in the morning, in the night. doesn't matter. I cannot fly. We typically can see about four to five flyable days a month in Amarillo. So to get a hundred hours a year means I'm pretty much flying if it's really nice. I mean, if it, if it's a flyable day, I'm usually taking advantage of it. So um, yes. Yeah, so um, you'll see up at the top here. Um, let's see if I can this. So I must have logged a minimum of 30 flying days and must have logged a total of 90 flights, 20 hours of solo airtime, and passed the USPA intermediate paragliding written exam. I have to have, I haven't logged my last couple, or I haven't totaled up my last few flights, which is why it shows I don't have 30 days here. But, uh, um, but yeah, these are requirements for your P3. You must have them logged and you must have them signed off. And I actually have the GPS readings to back these up because most students fly around an instructor and, get, and can get an instructor to vouch that they've flown these, these hours. So I keep a GPS log in, in order to prove that I've flown, I've made these flights. So yes, I do, I do religiously log my PG hours but power paragliding, dude, I just want to launch and have fun and fly around. I don't want to be an instructor. You know, I don't, I don't want to make money at it. Um, I, there's plenty of people to do that and they have a passion for it and a passion for teaching. Um, I am teaching my son how to, how to kite right now. Um, I will teach him how to fly, but I will probably get him professional instruction as well. So that's awesome. Um, um, I, I'm a big, I have some, I have some opinions that are not popular in powered paragliding, but I do have an opinion that I think instruction, um, I don't know that I require, I would say that you always have to go to a certified instructor, but I would say getting someone who is at least a very old seasoned pro to instruct you is always a good idea. I, I would, I would not suggest training, self-training, just, just a personal opinion. I agree with you on that. I think I saw a question in the chat. I think it's from Jim Sherrill 120. He asks about the weight of the angel, but I can't find it. I think that's what 54 pounds. Actually, the angel is 54.75 pounds dry when I put it on the scale when I got it. And that's that is what... with the harness, one fuel tank, no reserve. Okay. I got two fuel tanks, which are awesome, by the way. And that was also, um, actually, that is the weight without the e-start and without the uh, e-start battery as well, right? So that is that is without the e-start option. Um, I do have the e-start option on mine. I, I don't. I, essentially, I the SkyTap Angel is 0.75 pounds more than the flat top. The flat top is 54 pounds flat. <laughs> flat. Yeah. 
weight isn't because of the hoop at the top. The weight is because it got rid of the kidney busters on the side. Um, the flat top had an angle next to your kidneys. And if you really got jicky with it and you're really doing the weight shift, you could hit those corners on it and it would leave a bruise. I actually have a photo somewhere of these big black bruises on my side from where it gouged into me and the, and the angel does not have that, but to not do that, it had to build up an angle a little bit more. Yeah. I, I, I noticed that too. I, I did that comparison and that was pretty cool. You know, I just did the same thing you did. I did an average wind speed for Conway and it says average wind speed is uh, almost 16 miles an hour. So you guys are in a windy area as well. Yeah. Um, but I do a lot of flying and I do a lot of midday flying too. So I'm not sure how I do that one. Maybe, maybe it's just good on the weekends and it's bad during the week. I'm not sure what that's all about. I don't know. But, but if you uh, want to fly, you'll watch for the good times, right? Absolutely. Uh, and all like, I do now is paramotors. So I'm available uh, seven days a week from sunup to sundown. All I do is paramotors. I don't do anything else. So do you do, do, you do toes? Yes, we got a scooter toe. So you're a free flight instructor. No, I, no, I, I, I will. Well, I, I will. Never, <laughs> no, no. Um, my, my instructor that I have that I had, I refer students that right. want to, to him. Yeah. Because yeah, he has lots of hours. Yeah. Yeah. And he's very good. Um, by the way, I, I did want to say something that is an unpopular opinion. I, just, I figure a guest should always have something that goes against the grain. Don't ever buy an A-Wing. They're garbage. There you go. So A-Wings should be just for schools. Exactly. You, know, you, know, you can put that in the thumbnail. Dave says never buy an A-Wing. They're hot garbage. The only thing an A-Wing is good for is an instructor to make twice the money for selling you an A-Wing and then turn around and selling you a B-Wing when you realize how bad that A-Wing is. So there well, you go. There's the my unpopular. Well, the A wing should be where instructors get you up on that wing from the school. We own the A wings. We don't sell you an A wing. That I agree with, and that is that is what I like to see A wings used for, right? Um, but I see too many people in our sport. They they get sold these A wings, and then they can't launch them, and they can't get them past that inflation point without a good, nice, easy breeze, right? Like a good, you know, at least eight mile an hour wind it's hard to get them up over your head um and i just think they're terrible i, I think they're terrible i think they teach a lot of bad habits too um i i have bad have i have one bad habit that persists today from my a-wing when i owned one i still grab an a-wing with each hand instead of holding my a's with one hand and i can do one hand and i can kite you know i i can ground handle probably better than most ppg guys but uh just without thinking about it, I will grab one A in each hand just because my A-wing, literally, you had to pull those A's to your chest to get that sucker up over your head. It was so heavy and so miserable to launch that thing. Um, I pull it out about once a year just to see if I can still do it. <laughs> and it's almost impossible. And I can't believe that I forced myself to learn on that stupid old wing. Um, anyways, I, I suggest nobody ever buy a, an A-wing, and I've had people – argue to the moon with me on Facebook, especially instructors. A lot of instructors like selling A-wings. I think they're terrible, personally. So, Anybody in the chats think the same way about A-wings? Anybody want uh, to talk about that on on the uh, panel? 
Do we want to come at me? Someone, someone come at me on it. Anywhere? Uh, anybody have an opinion? I fly an A-wing and I have no problems. This morning, I literally hit my vape to see which way the wind was blowing. And the vape literally went to the grass and sat there. And I launched absolutely no problem. Um, I never have any issues with, uh, I shouldn't say I never. I mean, there's occasional funky wind or whatever. But um, I've got over 300 flights and a year and a half and probably less than 30 failed launches. And when I say failed launches, I even count the ones when you reverse launch and you pull the wing up and it doesn't go all the way up and you set it back down. I consider that a, a failed launch. So What's your A-wing? I think, what, brand? Uh, what model? It's the Link 2. It's the Nuvik uh, Link 2. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar it with is. that A-wing. I'm familiar with some of, the, some of the more common ones you see and I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not going to throw barbs at manufacturers, but there's a couple big ones that I see out here that, gosh, I just see people fighting them constantly. But that brand I've never seen, so I can't I can't say much about it. I know Kylo yeah, Green, Green is, you know, on the A wing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, the uh, this wing is more of a leans towards a B wing than than an A wing, but it is sold as an A wing. Um, and I'm, I'm sitting at the very middle of the weight limit on it um, to be either heavier or too light on it. And people have trouble keeping up with me. <clears throat> um, have, my buddy actually switched flown, to the uh, heat Sorry, go what? ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say my, my buddy switched uh, uh, wings or bought a new wing just so he could keep up with me. And that was with my trims all the way in. If I trim all the way out, he can't keep up with me even now on speed bar i love this wing I, I got no complaints about it that's the quebec you said no it's the link two i'll have to look it up um because most most a-wings are pretty much dogs i mean they're easy to spin um because if you if you try and bank them too hard and i have seen someone spin an a-wing and crashed down into a tree, a free flight pilot. Um, she was coming in downwind. She was misjudging everything about the flight, like a fairly new pilot will do. And she tried to bank that thing too hard, and she ended up spinning it. And the only time I've ever spun a wing was on an A glider. The only time. Uh, a B will generally take a pretty good pressure to the right, and, and you'll bank into it. You may lose your outside you know, your outside angle or your outside of your wing may get a little soft, right? Uh, but generally just in a bank turn, unless you're doing a wing over, you're not going to see a, any kind of spin problem. But uh, I did spin mine. Of course, it was an old A-wing, but uh, yeah, I'm just, have you ever, have you ever kited or flown a, a low B-wing? I have not. Um, <clears throat> I've, like I said, I've, I've been in this for a year and a half and, uh, I went I'm school, amazed you stuck flew. with an A. For, that's amazing. <laughs> Nobody um, does. I, I started, started out on an Ozone 30 meter at school. And then when I put this 27 on, <clears throat> it was it was night and day. It was like no problems ever to get it up. I have to check the brakes on it every time I, I, I bring it up. And I don't know. I, I absolutely love it. it. I do wingovers with it, um, spirals. 
I'm, I'm, I'm just short my brakes to it. Most A-wings so are really, most of A-wings go ahead, go ahead. that I've you really can't do wing overs very well at all in them. So that surprises me. i tell you what, uh, when we were down in Bad Apples, I had my trimmers all the way out and I could not keep up with Shane and uh, we have the same size wing and we're the same weight. I've got to say that that wing is fast. I'm trying to pull up their website. I can only pull up American sides. I guess uh, I'm at the office, as you can see behind me. So I guess it's blocked on the router because it's from a different country. So, but uh, oh, the link too. There we go. I see it from old uh, Team Fly Halo there. That's interesting. So I've never seen that wing. I'd love to kite it. Because from what I've seen about A-Wings, now this says it has a bit more performance than an ENA beginner wing. So it says a link to is ideal for pilots who had an easy time learning with a bit more performance than an ENA beginner wing. So is it not ENA? It's, it's, it's an A, but it's 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 a what the way it was explained to me, it's an A-wing, but it's really um it's kind of like Honda Motors coming out with a 25 horsepower that's really doing 30 horsepower. They call it a 25. That's so it's, that's how it's explained to me. And like I said, I've, I've flown this for a year a and a half. I've got a If that's rated, I'll almost guarantee you that's a low B. Because they're saying it's a shorter takeoff and landing and less fuel consumption and higher climb rates than an ENA beginner wing. So it's saying it's better than an ENA beginner wing. But I'm wondering if they just didn't get it certified and it's right there at the A and B. That's that's a that's gonna be a better wing just from the description than an A wing. An E and A wing is a dog, dude. It's just a dog. I'm just right. I'm just reading the marketing material. And they're saying it's better than an E and A wing. So that to me says it's either not an E and A wing or it's certified only with trims all the way in as an E and A wing. Or, or something, but it seems like that's not really a traditional, right? Like the traditional right. thing is just an absolute table napkin, but you can't collapse them, right? That's, they're hard to collapse. You know, they're real beginner friendly. You know, even if you don't pull any trims at all and you just land, they're, they're, they're trimmed so far back that, you know, your, your sink rate, you're, you're not going to hurt yourself, right? They're, they're a safety net, but they're terrible. <laughs> they're terrible to, to actually own. Um, I've never I'm, done speed bar on the swing yet. And, and um, I got to buy a speed or a speed bar because I'm dying to do it to see what, what it's the heavy. Top end it's heavy. On a paramotor, I don't like it. It's heavy. Hey, Shane, it's I'll bring, I'll bring, I'll bring my uh, speed bar with me and you can try that on moonshiners at moonshiners if you want yeah i did i did speed bar during the siv um but it wasn't on that wing that was the first time i ever did a speed bar which was pretty well, actually no i did use it on i did use it on my wing yeah i have to buy a speed bar now that i come to think of it <laughs> that day was a, a little bit of uh, chaotic for me but <clears throat> yeah it uh I remember pushing that bar and everything just got a lot quicker. All right. It is a little bit after eight o'clock. Um, how long can you hang with us, Dave? I can hang out for a while. 
Okay. Um, well, we appreciate you uh, um, talking to us about you know all this. I mean, uh, that was a that was an hour that went by like that. So that was really awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, a lot of good information. I did drop our meeting ID and passcode into the chat. So if you guys want to jump on and chat with us or ask uh, David Carroll some some questions one on one, you're more than welcome to. Eric, Jade, Linda, uh, Shane. Anything that uh, you, you guys want to ask David before we officially drop out of the interview part of this podcast? Interview mode. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so for for a guy that just starts, so a new, uh, let's just say a new pilot, what, what wing would you suggest as a B wing for a new pilot? Honestly, your wing sounds pretty good. Um, but I will tell you that I just pulled up another site and they actually do list that as progression wing. So that would be a low B wing. Generally speaking, progression wings are a low B wing. So I think that's actually a low B wing. I can't find the certification because I can't pull up the, the spec, but that is exactly what I would tell people to look. There's not much technology difference between the different brands. Find a brand you like, find a dealer you like that can get you a good deal on one and buy a low B wing. The low B wings have much more safety because I think speed is a safety factor that is underlooked by some instructors that sell A wings and say they're safe. Because flying, if you get into more wind than you can go forward in, it's dangerous landing backwards, right? I mean, landing backwards is going to be dangerous just inherently, right? You're going to probably get drugged at least for a little bit until you disable that wing, if you're even at the level of being. And I would say most people that are just entering a progression wing or just starting, they're not going to know how to disable a wing properly, right? They're not going to have that ingrained in their head. They're not going to have been drugged across a field and, and figured out on the way how to disable a wing. So right. I, I, I think speed is safety and trims are also safety. So um, I think the low B, I don't, I don't ever see a reason in paramotoring for me to go above a high B. I just don't. Uh, and, I, I did some acro for a while. I kind of got to where I just decided, you know, it's not something I'm probably going to just love to death. And I'd have to buy another wing probably to really enjoy it. Right. So yeah, I would say for a beginner, a low B wing, I would say the, the universal, this Niviac looks like a really good wing from what I'm reading about it. Um, people like it. It's a progression wing. Um, look for that. Look for those words, right? Progression, um, the universal, the charger, um, I'm not sure what ozone's uh, low B is. Roadster I'm three kind of, and a spider three are usually pretty good. The spider, the spider, right? The spider's a good wing. Um, I've I've kited some of the higher end um, paramotor wings, and I personally hate them. And the reason why is most seems like most of your higher end. In fact, is I like the charger flying that charger. But what I don't like is I don't like a wing that I pull up and it wants me to turn and fly immediately. I like a wing that I pull up and is, and is not trying to overfly me constantly. I like one that I can pull up and maybe, you know, like, I don't know how, to, how do you say this? When you're adventure flying, right, you're flying a new site, a lot of times you have to do what's called a, a navigate, or, or I'm sorry, not navigate, um, 
there's a term for it, but essentially kite the wing to where you want to launch from. So sometimes you'll pull up the wing and you need to kite that wing and then walk back to where the wing was set up and then turn, like maybe it's against a barbed wire fence or something. So you pull it up where the wing was against the barbed wire fence and then you walk to where that barbed wire fence is, turn and then launch because you only have like a 20 or 30 foot safety margin, right? So you wanna get every foot you can of a launch um, and I don't like, I have flown some of the hotter ozone paramotor wings. I didn't like them because you pull them up and if you didn't turn and launch, they would immediately try and fall back down. Or, you know, if, if, if you didn't, if you checked them to where they wouldn't fly over you, it seemed like they always wanted to fall back down. Um, and I'm talking about some of the hotter wings and I do fly an ozone free flight wing and I like it a lot. I fly the rush. Um, but just like paramotoring and paragliding, I'll probably never leave bees. I see no reason. A high B will get me all the performance I'll ever need. Um, if someone's flying faster than me, God bless. I'll see you when I get there. I, I, agree, I, I agree with that. Nothing more than a high B. I never need to go to a C or D. I mean, no. there's no reason for that. Matter of fact, um, I got a, a hybrid wing that Gin Vantage 3. It's a hybrid mm -hmm. uh, mountain paramotor wing. And uh, it's kind of considered a, a higher a higher B. Um, mm -hmm. It only has A's, B's, and C's, and it's really incredibly lightweight. It's, have you ever flown one of those, David? I have not. I'd love to fly a three-liner, though. Oh, it is really super nice. It's very light. A uh, little bit of um, active piloting. It does like to oscillate. Um, a lot of my friends that uh, fly with me, I usually just stow my brake, and I just, you know, just oscillate <laughs> back and forth. And like, what is he doing? It's like, I'm just being rocked to sleep. But it doesn't, it doesn't go too fast. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't, you know, go too, it doesn't oscillate to the point that it's going to be uh, dangerous. Yeah, my rush will oscillate too. Um, if I'm, if I'm getting real light on the brakes and not putting any pressure into the brakes, it will start to, you know, do this. And, and you have to be careful in paragliding because oscillation. So you, you've got to stop that. Yeah. Yeah, Will, you got to stop that. Yeah, stop no, it, Will. What you doing, Will? Stop it in paragliding. <laughs> it doesn't bother you in Willflyppg.com. What's up, Mr. Will? Hey, how is everybody tonight? Doing we're, we're waiting for you. Yeah, we're waiting for you. How'd you how'd you like the um the, the waiting room that you had to sit in for a minute before I let you in? <laughs> you didn't even have music, man. At least have music in there, some kind of elevator or something. No like elevator that. music. <laughs> hey, if you have we have a question in the chat from Angela. She uh, wants to know from Dave, can you share thoughts on the Dominator? Is it an A or B wing? The Dominator is an A wing. It is based actually, um, it is based on the SEMA K2 uh, free flight wing. Um, so let me, let me pull up the certifications on that. It's no longer a certified wing. Uh, the Dominator is not. Uh, because when it was rebranded and Dell bought the rights to, to, to buy sky paragliders, no longer wanted to make Dell's branded wings. So now Dell is having a manufacturer and I don't know where, um, dang it being at work. I can't go to all these Czechoslovakian manufacturers, websites. <laughs> um, but I don't remember what the K2 is, but it is the K2, um, 
but I will say it's a little different. Um, and I will say, I wouldn't mind owning an A-wing if it was made with lightweight fabrics and light lines. And that is what the Dominator has done. So what Dell did is he took the SEMA K2, if, I'm, if memory serves, and Andrew knows this better than I do because he owned one. But um, if I remember correctly, it was made with lightweight lines and lightweight material. Well, that lightweight material counteracts a lot of the problems you have with an A-wing coming up and not being able to get through that power band, right? Because it's not so heavy. And so most A-wings are just, the, you know, there's a reason why they call them school wings, right? You had just alluded to that, uh, Sean. Um, they're called school wings because they're made out of really heavy material. And so students can beat them to death, you know, and, and they're not going to wear out real fast. Well, if you get one of those and you make it super lightweight, you can't use it as a school wing because it, the students would tear it to pieces. But for flying, it's not so bad because then it will come up over your head. So the K2 was a very good free flight wing. And that is exactly what that is. Um, I fly a, a Sky uh, Flux, which is essentially the high B version of the Dominator, right? So in, in the Sky uh, lineup, you go the SEMA power, Right. And the only difference between the SEMA power and the SEMA uh, free flight is that it has uh, trims. And uh, I think the SEMA power gives you wingtip steering. Right. So it's it's for a powered paraglider. And it goes from that. And I can't remember what their B wing is, their low B and then their high B is like the flux. But it is also a non reflex glider. Whether you use a reflex glider or not, I'm not on any side of which is the the good wing, right? I'm not I'm not in the Dell cult of if you fly a reflex glider, you're going to murder yourself and your kids are going to die. And yeah, there are benefits <laughs> to both. A non-reflex wing is easier easier to launch than a reflex wing. It is more efficient um, just by design. I'm not saying it's faster. I'm saying it's it's built to. Like, for example, my flux in the marketing material of the Sky Flux, it says it's a paramotor thermaling wing, right? You're not going to take the, the Colorado and go thermal with it. It's not going to be comfortable. Uh, but the, the Colorado is literally going to be like a balloon over your head that's just rigid and tight. Whereas the Sky Flux, if you hit a thermal, you know, you're going you're gonna to see the wingtip maybe collapse. Um, and if you're not a free flight pilot and it scares you to see your you the tip of your wing fold in and fold back out real quick. If that scares you, get a get a non or get a reflex wing because they won't do that. They'll stay rigid. But the reflex wing, instead of folding in and folding out, is going to cause you to do this a little bit more, right? So you're going to feel it a little bit more because it you got that rigid that rigid wing above you instead of the wing taking it a little bit and you barely even noticing it in your body. That that reflex wing, you're going to feel a little bit of a little bit of this action, because that that reflex wing is going to move together as a rigid wing to absorb that bump. So it's just a different it's a different wing, and it is neither one is bad. Uh, JP's here, screwing everything I, up. If you do want to jump off of a mountain, a non-reflex is preferred. Um, my my charger. Rest in peace. My charger is in the got ripped in half in a tree. Had I been flying the Skyflux, I would have made the landing zone. Simple as that. The, the the charger could not 
give me the efficiency I needed to make that landing zone. And they do have the hybrid um, wings that are both mountain and motor. So if you do want to do some midday flying or uh, uh, mm -hmm. what am I thinking? Um, thermaling. Thermaling. Yes, that big word. You can definitely do it. And I really, there's a big difference from trying there to go it. up and, and do like a full reflex, like like um, um, the Roadster or the, or the Roadster or the Colorado. Right. And then I go up in the Gin Vantage, which is a, a hybrid, and it's nice. I mean, it it does a really good job at uh, thermaling midday. I love it. Is that a, in, and if your trim's in on that, is it, uh, is it reflex and full trim's in? It, it, only, it doesn't have uh, much uh, trim range at all. So if you let the trims in or out, it's almost like why even touch it? And there's no tip stirring either. Um, oh, so it is, it is probably not a reflex glider then, right? Um, it says that it's reflex, but okay. I don't see how it is because the <laughs> trim the trims only go out maybe uh, two inches. But you can pull the speed bar. I mean, they, they just have speed bar, which of course the charger's you know, like that. The charger's like that. The trim range is only like that long, I think, on the charger. Yeah. And with the trims all the way out, you can still pull brakes because you know it has that little trim range, which is ridiculous. So I'm not sure, but I think it is reflex. But I'll have to double check. And if you're on one of those hybrids, and I think the charger is one too, always read your documentation because I see a lot of people making a mistake on those and they go trims half out. And the most stable position for a reflex glider that is a hybrid, which is non-reflex when the trims are in and reflex when the trims are out, either be all the way in or all the way out if you're in rough air because that that center area they don't perform as well so read your instructions every instruction will tell you exactly that if that's the case um, i don't think enough people read their dang booklet um man i don't know about you but when i get a new wing i want to read that little booklet cover to cover because i want to read something new everything inside. everything because they're all different you know it's like the roadster you know uh three is a 28 meter i got that uh, gin vantage three it's a 28 meter dude it's they're they're different even though they are a you know a, it's a wing it's a 28 meter the difference in weight is incredible i mean you pick up the gin vantage and the roadster it's like holy crap this one just wants to fly i mean the gin vantage is so light it's like half the material yeah like I mean, there's some stuff that there's stuff in there that can kill you too right like if it's a some of these reflex gliders and I haven't, I haven't been in the market for a glider in a long time, but I know for a while there, at least when I was looking at them, some of those reflex gliders, if you pull brakes on them, they collapse. Yes. Right. Like if they're in full reflex mode, you don't use the brakes, use tip steering and, and weight shifting. Do not hit your brakes because of the, I mean, I'm not going to get into the physics of it, but they collapse <laughs> Right. and they don't recover like for crap. If you, and that's something that it, a new beginner student, I don't think, should have that because they're automatically when getting an oh, I'm in some turbulence, you're going to get on those brakes, and you you can't, you you just can't do that. And according to the manual, right? Always read your manual. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it, it depends on the wing as to what's safe about that wing. But I think if you follow within the manufacturer guidelines, most low B and high B wings are just fine. So when you get into those c's and d's and they start trimming them real fast and uh what was that one they actually had to come out with a, they actually gave people new risers because that's um, the one that tucker was flying right 
Yeah. That's scary, that's, right? That's because a, go ahead. Who's the uh, new uh, cubic? Yeah. Nivea. I believe. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's no free lunch, right? I mean, if we have, if we have this cool designed wing that goes super fast and it's real rigid, there's no free lunch. There's going to be a downside to that, right? You're going to lose efficiency. You're maybe going to collapse it if you pull the brakes. Um, there, there's always a downside. And the instructions, you know, marketing be damned, these, instruct, these instructions and manuals that come with these wings do a great job of telling you the downsides in them, right? They'll say, don't hit the brakes in this configuration. They will, they're not wanting to kill you, right? But right. I, I feel like paramotor, for some reason in the paramotor community, more than even in the free flight, they keep trimming these things. You know, they keep trimming them faster and faster and faster and faster to try and kind of ride that edge, right? But if you just trim it too fast, there's nothing you can, even a, even a reflex wing will take a frontal. Um, right. And the flux is a little bit like that. Uh, I don't I don't fly the flux free flight because, man, that thing wants to dive because it is trimmed very aggressively um, because it's used to that paramotor. On a paramotor, when you're hitting the engine, you kind of, you know, you kind of open that wing up and, and increase your angle of attack with the paramotor. But free flight, it's up over your head and it, it's hella fast and it's almost scary in free flight because you have to hold your brakes with a tighter pressure on that thing free flight to, to, to really rein it in to keep it from trying to take a dive on you more so than a free flight glider. Um, again, it's not a reflex and it's not a hybrid um, and it's not really sold as a hybrid either. It's sold as a thermaling paramotor wing. So flying at free flight is flying it outside of the conditions that it is marketed to. Um, so again, there's no free lunch. Hold on, our, our Dave. I got a couple of questions in the uh, chat. Uh, Dave, do you think or do you have any thoughts on the Mojo Power XL? And what is your um, thought on the Apco uh, Lift EZR? I have no thoughts on any of those. I'm uneducated. Okay. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm just. Running through here. Um, well, real well, real quick. Um, my latest wing is a Lift Easy R, and like I have not done a uh, a review on it yet because I'm still, you know, testing things out. But so far, it is an amazing wing. Uh, the material is a little bit heavier than what I'm used to, um, but it has tip steering, has a huge long trim range, and when you trim all the way in. You can do nil win launches in just a couple of steps. It is it, it really is amazing. Um, when you're up in the air and you let the trims all the way out and your tip tip steering, it's very stable and it is fast. Uh, Tommy has a hard time keeping up with me and other people I fly with. Uh, they can't keep up with me as far as flying. Uh, I don't even pull speed bar on it. But it is you do have speed bar capabilities, but it it flies fast without the speed bar. So, so far I'm digging the lift easy R. Um, it's very, very stable. And I'm actually uh, letting my uh, students, I believe will be training on that. Hey, Sean, I found out that if you pull all your A's, everybody has a hard time keeping up with you during flight. Did I say pull A's? No, I did. Oh, <laughs> I'm just saying, Okay. Sometimes when I talk, I, I say the wrong thing. When I think something, I say the wrong thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. A full you pull frontal mill and keep up. Around faster than anyone else can keep up with. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm going with, Dave. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't pull your A's when you're flying. Um, you will not go fast other than going down. I got a true story. I was actually, when I was born, my my legal name was uh, David Carroll, just so you know. That's hilarious. Really? Who's that? No, true story. Yeah, I was adopted, so they I got a name change. So, oh, wow. But, yeah, truly. That, tonight was, like, cracking me up the entire time. I'm like, that used to be my name. <laughs> hey, maybe you guys are brothers. With the same maybe. name? I had one brother I didn't know about until I was like 10 years old. Maybe I have another one. <laughs> Never know. Never know. So, hey, I'm going to give the Colorado a big thumbs up. <clears throat> That's what it's I a good wing. That is an awesome wing. Coming from, I came from the Charger. But, mm -hmm. um, and daggone it, you made me pull out my manual here, which is, I already read. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, with the Colorado, you can use the main brakes, is, is what the manual says. But I was you, thinking you could. Yeah, because it's only in partial reflex. But you can't use the main brakes with with uh, trims all the way out and speed bar. Right. Then it's in full reflex. Then it's in full reflex, yeah. So, and I think that's a good safety feature, to be honest with you. Um I really do. I don't think any B-wing should be brakes disabled in any configuration. Because if you've got your speed bar out and stuff gets nasty, that's the nice thing about speed bar is you're automatically going to get off of it. Like you're actively having to do it and it's heavy. Uh, I don't like speed bar on paramotors. It, it sucks. <laughs> well, it's but, uh, nature to grab those toggles. So, I mean, it's yes. to be a real easy error to make. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I ever uh, I was kiting. And it was a little probably rowdier conditions I should have been kiting in. And I and I caught a real big thermal, and it picks me up off the ground uh, about five feet. And you know, as a, as a beginner student, you know what you do, right? Anything goes wrong, what's the first thing you do? Uh, right? You hammer down, right? Well, what I, what I would do now is I would go hands up and go, yay, maybe I can stay in the thermal and go fly, you know? But, but then I freaked out, right? So I hammer the brakes, and what happens? I get drugged like 150 yards by this thing. My wing goes, you know, flopping around. Um, I'm crazy, wild, you know, out of control. Um, and it's funny because I recovered. And I finally disabled my wing, and I was about uh, maybe 100 yards away from a bunch of firefighters that were watching me get drugged across this field, just rolling, laughing. I mean, I'm picking cactus crap out of my legs. You were harnessed in? What's that? You were, in, you were harnessed in? I was in that harness I sold Sean. <laughs> John, watch out for uh, needles in it. Yeah, it, it's it's the, video. I think I made it private, and that's the first video I ever took. I'll see if I can find it. Well, while he's finding that, I was looking at the Gin Vantage uh, information. With trims all the way out and speed bar, you can still use your brakes fully. Wow. And speed bar. And speed bar. Well, then it's not fully, it can't go full reflex then, right? That's what I'm thinking. I don't, I'm still looking, but it doesn't look like maybe it isn't reflex, which is why it's a, um, a hybrid because I can't, 
I can thermal in it so well. It's so nice. Yeah, It's going to be efficient then for thermaling. Yeah. Which, hey, there's benefits to every wing, right? There's no free lunch. There just isn't. Um, That's why we need to have more than one wing. Yes. That's, I wish I could, man. I've got, I have three wings. I have two free flight wings. I have a buzz, I have a rush, and I have my sky flux. What do you think about your buzz? What's that? What do you think about your buzz? Um, I've only flown it a couple times. It's way too small for me. It was for my wife and she decided uh, she had an inner ear imbalance when she had taken a few flights and decided to hang it up. So I've got an extra harness and free flight harness and all that. So that's what my son's going to be training on. Um, he likes it. I mean, I like it. I mean, it, it's a good, it's, it's a great wing for free flight. The, the buzz Z four. It's a, yeah, it's a my, wonderful free flight wing. My friend Tommy over here, that was his first wing that he was using because he does uh, mountain first. And then he started to uh, to to motor and he used his motor with the buzz. And it, he was so slow. I would trip all the way in and pull a little bit of brake to try to go as slow as I can. And I was still going faster than him. He could not. And he was full speed bar and everything could not keep up with me on my slowest uh, flight. So. Yeah. Recognize that harness, Sean? What's that? Recognize that harness? I just shared my screen. Let me get back to it because I was still looking at the other thing. Um, can't really see. That's the harness I sold you for 75 bucks. <laughs> you say so, 75 bucks, but I apparently gave you more than that. Did you? Uh, for shipping, you gave me more than that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Come on, man. Oh, man, it looks like you're in trouble. Wow. <laughs> You know what? Oh that, my God. <laughs> that that kind of just happened this last weekend <laughs> with that harness. <laughs> that harness has seen some stuff, dude. Yeah, yeah, it has. I do not have video of it, but yes, I was uh, kiting, and uh, I, that looks like me right there. That looks, like, but I stayed right on my back, you know, and I was just letting the uh, the harness take the brunt of it, so it didn't hurt me at all. It looks like you kind of like toppled over a little bit. Oh man, I was, there were, you know, it's that fisheye lens. So when you get a long ways away, it, it's actually closer than the lens looks. Right. Right. But right back here along this fence line was a bunch of, uh, uh, paramedics and, and firefighters just, oh man, they thought, I think they had never seen something so funny in, in, in their lives. Right. <laughs> we look, I mean, you can see I do exactly the wrong thing. Right. Look at my hands. Right. I mean, it, like my hands, what do I do? I hammer the brakes, right? What I should have been doing was fly the wing and, and, and steer, right? Even if I, even if you're going backwards, you fly the wing, right? right. That's what we always tell students, right? You, you fly, fly the wing. Well, I wasn't flying the wing. I was panicked. Well, where uh, were you headed right there? Were you like forward? Uh, yeah, I spun. Reverse launch and then he spun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm reverse kiting. I wasn't trying to launch. Um, <laughs> so, what winds do you think that you're that you were trying to kite in? Obviously, a little. Well, bit that gust was 28 miles an hour from the weather station right next right next Ooh. to me. So, but here's what's crazy. I had been kiting an hour before that, and I kited. I picked up, got a drink of water shook myself off and I actually kited for another hour and a half until dusk with no more issues. That was just a rogue 
gust front from a thermal. After so, this, you, you, kite, you kept kiting? Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, and I will tell you my stupidest mistake, and I've never made this mistake since then. Let's see. Hang on. When I come up and you'll see what what was Dave's stupidest mistake? No helmet. There you go. <laughs> I did it again without a helmet on. I could have killed myself. And the second one is no gloves, right? I still don't kite with gloves. I'm not doing small line manipulation that much with when I'm on the ground. Now, when you're flying, whether I wear gloves on paramotor, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. For free flight, I'll try to always wear gloves because I have burned myself really bad in free flight. So I try not to launch if I've got a cravat on a paramotor. You should be able to see it before you get off the ground, right? Um, but the, the, the big danger with where you have to wear gloves in free flight is if you, a lot of times in free flight, you're going to go flying whether you want to when you lift that wing. You lift that wing, sometimes you're just off the mountain. I mean, it's just, there's no, there's no guessing. When you have to be clipped in and correct, you lift that wing, up you go. So if you lift the wing and up you go and you have a cravat and you try and fix it without gloves on, you'll go to pulling on those unsheathed lines uh, or even sheathed lines, but it's more dangerous than unsheathed lines. You'll go to pull on it and you can't get enough grip. So what do we naturally do? We wrap our hands around it and yank. Well, if that cravat comes out, when you yank on it, it will pop and it'll take your fingers off. Hmm. Yeah, that thing I've, I've actually met a couple one. I've, I've actually met some pilots without their index finger from that. So, yeah, that's, that's why we always wear glove in free flight. Um, Paramotoring, you should always wear gloves. It is a safety fee, safety thing, but I will not say that I always do. So, David uh, Walter from Australia here. You said earlier about a rigid wing, was it, or a what you call a solid wing? Can you explain what you mean by that? Reflex wings. Um, so what a reflex wing does is it disables the back half of the wing. In a full reflex configuration, essentially you're flying on half of a wing where all of the pressure is in the front half of the wing and not in the back half of the wing. So essentially, um, most of you have probably learned how to pull big ears, right? So you pull big ears and it flops the outside of, of your wing, right? And essentially that makes your wing half as large. So you lose altitude, right? Well, it's essentially the same thing, except you're disabling the back half and you're loading up all that pressure in the front. And what that does is it makes the, uh, it makes the wing very rigid, right? It's almost like a, a really tight balloon that's just, just extremely pressurized. And that's what's so cool about reflex wings is that they are really hard to collapse because that pressure is just rammed in there and that thing is just so inflated that it's really hard for anything to ever get that pressure out. And if, if you hit a soft spot, the wing will surge forward in order to find more pressure. So the wing will naturally seek out more pressure to keep that rigid inflation, which is one reason why you'll see. And, and there are free flight wings that are starting to do this too. I saw a guy flying one and you could see that thing doing this business, right? Back and forth, right? Like, it's it's seeking out that low pressure, trying to dive forward and catch it so that it maintains that really hard inflation. Um, 
there's a video of me landing in the river, right? Um, <laughs> did you catch? Did you catch a fish with your uh, with your uh, wing also? <laughs> yeah. So that was destroyed the charter. Anyway, so that's what I mean when I say a rigid wing. Um, they're very very tight and very strong, but since they have very little flexibility when they are um, that that tight, you'll feel every bump a lot more, right? Because it's it's like uh, there's not a lot of easy flexibility in it. Whereas, like he was saying with his uh, his um, hammer, what what wing was that you said you had, Sean? That was a, a hybrid. The Gen Vantage Three. Yeah, like the Gen Vantage. If it's not a reflex, it's probably going to be more talkative. So if you get into some thermic air, those little the tips are going to kind of talk to you, right? They're going to flop in and out, and it's it's going to have a little bit more movement up there. But you are not going to feel it as much. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like um, kind of like shock absorbers. Yeah, it it takes a little bit of the shock out of it, but you can collapse. You know, that's it's it's a lot easier to collapse the wing. Um, They do recover a lot quicker, but they can collapse. Um, But to the pilot, it's a lot gentler. I don't like flying in thermic air. In like the Colorado, I felt like the Colorado was probably safer. But I felt a lot more in it, right? Uh, I just felt like I felt the air more in really uh, uh, strong conditions than I would have liked my flux. My flux, when I hit a thermal, I go up, right? Um, Whereas, or or I sink, whereas it seems like the Colorado, I stayed more level, but I just was more violently, like, felt those bumps uh, in my seat. And I could be wrong. I only flew it for uh, for a little while. I, I think I have a clip of me flying it in the conditions. To define, if I can find it. Uh, it's from this weekend. And this was me. Uh, I, I hate GoPro, by the way. Um, I always seem to manage to screw up my video and get it in a different format. Um, but yeah, you can see the kind of day I was flying on, right? Little cumies popping everywhere. So I thought it was a good day to to demo a wing. That <laughs> I like demoing wing in kind of crappy air, right? Um, but I did like it. I really did like the wing, but it isn't a midday thermaling wing. It's built to. It, it seemed like that wing was built to just crunch through them, right, and stay inflated no matter what not so much about trying to turn inside of it and gain altitude. It just seems like it's a different purpose wing. But uh, as a, as a pretty gnarly day, but uh, it's a pretty flight. And, uh, and I did like the wing. It was very fast. I did like that. Same, same size as my sky flux, but I could tell it was a lot quicker. So. And then my GoPro died on me. So. But uh, this is the area where you can get a little turbulence um, off of those mesas if you're out in the center. So anyways, but that's that's me just demoing the the Colorado on a pretty thermic day. Um, I did like it. If I had it, I would fly it a lot. So what area was that, Dave? What's that? What area was that? Um, That's the. That's the Canadian River ATV Park. It's the same area that I had the video where I landed in the water. Um, yeah, it's it's a pretty area. Um, I like it. Uh, let's see, 
geez, I keep closing my work browser here. Uh, yeah, so another, let's see, another angle of that area right here. Um, So this is this is a uh, this is me on the ridge, and you can see that in that previous flight. Um, this is the ridge that I said the wind can come up over. Well, the wind's going the other direction here. So uh, this is kind of the the area. Um, it's a real rocky, gnarly area. This was actually a really technical launch, um, as you can see. There's just boulders. <laughs> there's boulders. But it was all a crash. What's that? <laughs> a lot. I thought this was a crash, but it's a launch. Holy crap. I'm no, that, that's a launch. Um, so that's that's a free flight. Um, when you launch in something like this, do you wear boots and like uh, some sort of pants to protect your legs? Or how do you fly a free flight in this type of area? This was a warm day and it was only going to be a sledder. It was only going to be a gentle sledder. I didn't even put gloves on, which I should have. Um, but I knew it was only going to be like a two or three minute flight. So I just had my, I do wear, um, I don't think I had them on this day, but it's advisable to wear snake garters. We do have a lot of rattlesnakes in this area. Um, you will see them out. Uh, you see all kinds of snakes, all kinds of wildlife. Uh there's a lot of uh, uh, plum thickets in this area, naturally occurring plum thickets, and the plum thickets bring the pests and the and the the deer and stuff come to eat the plum thickets, and then the snakes come to eat the pests. So, um, but this is the area that I was flying over. I was just flying, I was just flying the other direction uh, in my paramotor. So this is the area. Um, Back in. This is actually an extremely large area. People don't people don't realize it when I when they show up and I show them this. Uh, this is my favorite place to fly. It's just that I have found ever, and I, even I've flown into Mexico and I've really enjoyed the areas there um, on some of the BLM land. But like literally, um, all of this area from the bend right here, all the way down the river, like it is common that we fly actually. Like if I want to, let's see, we'll fly from. Yeah, we'll, where, we'll fly. Yeah, where where is that? <clears throat> Dave, where's that in relation to where um, uh, America. Anthony Vella and uh, Anthony Vella and um, yeah. Mitch G fly from? They fly right over here. In, uh they're in El Paso, and I have yep. I love those guys, man. Um, gosh, I can't see anything. Okay, here we go. I'm like, I can't see any lines. Um, so they are right down here. We're both in West Texas, yep. but I am right up here. This is this is West Texas as well. Um, and they are right down here. It's about a seven, six and a half hour drive to those guys. Yep. Yep. Um, but they have the Franklin Mountains, which are really cool right here. Like, and they launch, I'm not exactly sure the exact location, but, oh, man, I hate it when Google Earth crashes on me all the time on this work computer for some reason. But they launch from, like, this little schoolyard. And so I launched from, like, right here, 
and flew right up to this Franklin mountains and then just killed my engine and just cruised back and forth. It was really yeah. cool. It was like in glass hall and it was just holding me up in the sky and just got to chill out for probably, gosh, I probably flew for like 15, 20 minutes, just floating around there without losing altitude. It was great. I just think it's awesome to, I think it's awesome to take off on a paramotor and then paraglide. Right. It's, I just think that I get a cat. I get a kick out of that. Um, and I'll do that on some of the ridges around Amarillo, but you can do it on these mountains a lot more. So, um, one of the yeah. things that I'm going to be trying, um, Wednesday in a couple of days is I'm going to be, uh, uh flying that SP 140, which is a, um, uh, from open PPG. We're mm -hmm. going to be doing an unboxing and, and flight and, you know, testing everything out. So this is an all electric paramotor. It has about an hour worth of battery. So wow. that's, that's one of the things that I want to do is be able to get up in the air, you know, find some mm -hmm. thermals, kill, you know, just let go and kill it and, uh, and thermal during the day. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, when I can get to the point where they come out with that one, I think scouts got that one, right. That's going to where you're, you launch as a paramotor and then it folds back into a free flight harness. I think that's the future of electric for sure. Cause I know you no longer have to have these, freaking super expensive toe winches and everything you can go up and fly around and it's more comfortable to me because you're kicked back and you can see your wing and so when you're thermaling your wing talks a lot more right it collapses more it's more dynamic because you're lot you're not as heavily loaded on it and not and and most of the time when you're free flying you're looking at your wing you're not looking at the ground i find when you're when you're paramotoring you're you're checking things out, right? You're looking around on the ground. In free flight, you're like listening to your Vario to hear if you're going up or down and you're looking at that wing because you want to see that wing does something. I want to react as quickly as humanly possible to it, right? Um, so, yeah, I think that'd be a really awesome deal to, to just power up on electric and then just cruise around, uh, especially if they can get it light enough. I just wonder if they can get it light enough. Yeah, I'm not sure about I'm not about all the specs and everything. So we're gonna do an unboxing and uh, wait and hang check and take it out to the airport and do a little spin. So I'm I'm really excited about that. And if it's something that you know is neat, because you can buy different um you can buy uh, more than one battery, right? So you have a couple batteries, right? So yeah. So you, you land and just throw a new battery in. Throw another battery in, right? I'm seeing if this is like the worst paragliding launch I've ever had. It was in this video somewhere. I was going to show you like sometimes you don't have a choice whether you fly or not, right? Watch this. So I pull the wing up, right? Like you're flying whether you want to or not. Right. <laughs> and so and so I'm flying and it, it just keeps lifting me and setting me down. So that wasn't the one that was bad. This was my worst launch I've ever had in paragliding or paramotoring. Um, this one scared me to death, to be honest with you. Um, In high winds like that, how do you lay out the wing? And is this hike and fly or what? What are you doing? Yeah, this is a hike and fly. Yeah. So um, you'll see back here, um, I'm setting rocks on my trailing edge. Yeah. <clears throat> and so that keeps the wind from getting up underneath that trailing edge. Gotcha. So that's one strategy and you'll see I'm setting it on top of like, so I'll set it up here like on top of shrubs and stuff and try and get my lines. That's the biggest trick, right? Is getting your lines where they don't catch on stuff. Real pain in the butt um, to, to not have your lines catch on stuff. 
Um, but I had actually failed a launch. Um, I'm not sure if I failed the full launch, but like I picked up my wing and it fell forward and then caught on some branches and twigs and crap. So I had to get out of my harness, reclip back in or something. And that's where I made the mistake. I actually got clipped in backwards and I've never done that before in PPG or PG, uh, clipped where I turned the wrong direction. Um, and, and that was a really, really bad deal. Yeah. You see, I have to get up and fix my wing again. Right. So that's where I made this just terrible mistake. Um, don't ever clip in the wrong direction on a, on a, you see the rocks falling, right? So I'm actually clipped in, uh, with a full riser <laughs> twist there. Um, and this is why we learned to kite right over the, you learn to kite with your lines. <laughs> so, so basically what you're saying is that you normally would flip and clip where you'd flip it to the left and then you actually flipped it to the right. Is that what you're saying? Right. And I was clipped in where I needed to turn to the left. So when I turned to the right, I put a full twist in it. And uh, then the then the mountain plucked me. So um, I, I realized that as soon as I turned, but you can see it, uh, launching was not optional um, with the wind speed, right? So the rocks fall from it. I turn and I'm flying. I'm in the air there. So uh, that's so I'm I'm in the air and now my wing turns and goes 45 degrees and starts turning me back towards the cliff. But you'll see, I actually kited up over the risers and I grabbed my brakes up over the risers and was able to, uh, to turn the wing back away from the mountain by grabbing my brakes. And, and that's why you need to kite and kite and kite and kite. <laughs> Cause that's, you've done that, right? When you're kiting, you reach Absolutely. up and, and with your brake lines. That's exactly what I did. I just reached up over and kited with my brake lines to turn myself back. And if I hadn't, it would have twisted me right back into the side of the, you can see it, my wing at the angle it's at, right? Um, it was, it was turning right back into the hill. Um, but I was able to get it to, to right the ship. Um, I probably actually pulled too much brake because it was kind of in a panic, right? Just reached up, grabbed that brake and just yanked on it to get it to turn back away from the mountain. Well, you uh, did a good job. I mean, that that's awesome. Good recovery, but dear God, dude, um, that scared the living piss out of me. I'm not going to lie. I was just like, and I should have actually flown for a long time this day, like on this flight. Uh, but I didn't just because I was kind of freaked out. So I just landed. <laughs> I actually was getting good. <laughs> David, have you had much trouble? Uh, well, looking at the ground and the surroundings there, there's a lot of sharp rocks. Have you had any trouble with your lines getting caught or mm -hmm. cut? Yeah. Yeah. This winter, I spent $450 putting new lines on my glider. Oh, okay. I was going to say, it's, it, it looks pretty rough there which you're subjected to. Uh, so that's one of my That is actually, that is my LZ for this launch, is that little road. That's the only LZ I have is just that little road right there. So this was a good landing to me because <laughs> I was able to put it right here on the road. Um, and that grass is, it's a little thinner here, but most of that grass is actually taller than you are. Um, so it's kind of a pain to walk through. But uh, if you if you wonder why I'm hard on my equipment, it's because I do launch in places like this and land in places like this. This is largely why I'm hard on my equipment, right? It's just it's more of a feature of the area I'm in than it is um, anything else, right? 
And you're an adventure pilot. So, I mean, you're not just, I'm going to, you know, launch at my LZ and just stay around there, you yeah. know, um, for 20 minutes, you know, once, once every month or so, but you're out there all the time. You're getting lots of airtime, both PG and PPG. You're launching in different places. You're not staying at the same LZ. So, I mean, you are an adventure pilot. This, um, this is a failed landing. Um, how do you I fail was telling a landing? you that happens in a Canyon. So it was getting a little oh. bit farther along in the day you see me mashing my speed bar and I'm at a standstill I'm at trim speed of that wing <laughs> Holy so uh, yeah and you oh actually this right here this area right here um is probably hogs uh have destroyed that little area of prairie That's so you'll see how tall the grass is here when you fail to hit your lz <laughs> so yeah grass is as tall as i am uh that you know that camera's up on top of my head right so it, it, it you don't really want to miss the lz here that's crazy it is about five till nine and i know a couple of people need to jump off of here but we can still talk if you want to so let's go ahead and say goodbye to all the people that need to leave shane i think that you that you said that you need to leave sir yes. I'm going I'm to give it five more minutes. I'm going right. to stick till 10, man. Sounds good. And just so everybody knows, Shane does a podcast also, and that's going to be cool. tomorrow noon or tomorrow Tuesday. And uh, you can find his uh, shenanigans and his podcast over at ppgshane.com. So we appreciate you jumping on, Mr. Shane. Anybody else need to leave in five minutes or so? Shenanigans is a good... Uh description of that uh tomorrow night shenanigans shenanigans <laughs> dave that was close to the blades man <laughs> yeah that was close to the blades can you rewind that real quick and uh check this out oh uh, i go i go all i go through these blades um i took this as a uh as an opportunity uh flight right because this is a brand new uh, you can see the they're they're turning in the back in the distance, but they had not commissioned this this set yet of uh, yeah. of uh, turbines. So I said, you know, when else am I going to be able to fly through wind turbines, right? Um, without killing and murdering myself. So this was a fun flight. Um, this was our one of our uh, this is probably our this was our first club uh, paramotor flight cross country. Uh, we flew from Amarillo to Vega, um, filled up, and then returned back to Amarillo. So you can see I've got two other, two other paramotor flight uh, pilots with me, and that's that is the entirety of paramotoring in Amarillo is three paramotor pilots. So um, we we have some other guys that paramotor, but they don't actively paramotor. So, but this was a this was a fun flight. But this is what my YouTube channel is. It's just me like documenting cool stuff that I do. Like, I don't really, I mean, I, I used to post on Reddit. I don't even do that anymore. I, it's mainly just so I can show my friends, you know, some of the fun stuff I do. Um, the wind was real gentle this day. There was no danger of, you know, hitting anything or hitting any turbulence or anything like that. So a lot of people don't realize how high out. Amarillo is where uh, at this area that I'm flying right here, um, west of Amarillo, I think it's 40. I'm sorry, it's uh, 
the ground is 3,400 feet in altitude. Um, it is the high plains. <laughs> so I just figured I'd throw that up there since while we're talking, we can just watch whatever, just some background video. Absolutely. I mean, that's what this is all about is to, I mean, it's all about paramotors. Yeah. Um, I think paramotors, this is why, uh, this is why I like paramotors, right? You're not doing anything like this in a free flight harness, right? You're not going to be able to do this. No way. It's just impossible, right? It's a different sport completely. Um, I love them both. I enjoy them both. Um, but I'll always probably like PPG more, a little bit more, just because you can actually get low and adventure around stuff, right? Exactly. Um, I had never seen the tops of these things up close. So uh, that's when I had my Mac Para. But yeah, um, that's what I like to do. I like to just goof around and look at stuff, right? I think that's what most PPG guys like to do, isn't it? Just, But I know a lot of PPG guys that just launch from one field and they only fly around that field and that's all they ever do. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's like you could just reach out and touch one of those blades. Yeah, it does. yeah, I flew pretty close, but I think the fisheye lens is showing me as being a little closer than I was. Um, I was maintaining a probably about a wing worth of distance from them. Um, I wasn't planning on hitting the blades. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually were catching some turbulence from another wind farm that's a ways away. And eventually these things, they're, they're building them so fast around here. Eventually they'll shut down most of our fun places to fly. Just is what it is. Right. Um, they put off really gnarly turbulence uh, when they're, when they're rolling, even, even about a mile away, you can still feel the turbulence off of them. Wow. Dave, what's your, um, <clears throat> what are you using to show your, speed and different uh, distance and all that travel there what what it's it's a feature from the garmin verb um garmin actually had a 360 camera come out a while back and that's what i'm still using uh it's getting kind of beat up and i can't buy any lenses for it anymore so i'm probably going to look for something different but uh the one nice thing about the garmin verb is that it had a lot of environmental sensors like i could tell you like like you can pull like air pressure um you can pull how fast you're going, how how much G-forces. Um, it's actually got a G-force uh, measurement in it. Um, you can find all kinds of data sets in there at what your altitude. Um, so uh, you can pull a million different sensors in that thing that's just amazing. And uh, I really like the camera for that, but I will say that it makes extremely uh, – if I take an hour worth of video on it, it takes about two hours or three hours on my computer to stitch it together. And then once you get it stitched together, you have to do the director part to it. And it's it's really time intensive, even on a really fast computer. So that's the one downside to it is it's really miserable to edit. Um, yeah. I actually had two and I sent one to uh, Andrew to do, uh, to see if he liked it for doing, uh, his SIVs. And he said he liked it, but the video took so long to edit and stuff that he couldn't, he couldn't do it. He didn't have a good enough computer. So, but this is, this is our airport that we can do, uh, 
that we can do tows from is this little airport right here. They're really cool. Now, how high do your toes go? Uh, we uh, we have, let's see, I can't remember. It's 5,900 feet is our runway. But I, I have not towed there personally, um, but I have had some free flight pilots come in and they have towed. So, and they said it was a really good tow. So for, for what it's worth, I just bought a tow winch and the carburetor's bad on it and I haven't fixed it. So I don't know. I don't know how high our toes are going to be. <laughs> I'm guessing, I think somewhere like 3000, I think was what they said they got to. So, so, have, pretty so have you towed on, on, on some winches over here or have you just gone up on mountains? I have permission to tow and Britain has towed here. Okay. Uh, Britain actually took his little plane, put a tow, an e-winch in it and him and Josiah came here and Josiah put up like a 200 and something mile free flight from this airport. From a tow. Yeah. Josiah is, a, is amazing. That dude's a monster though. He's not, he's not built like the rest of us. <laughs> no, it, he, he does things with, uh, with wings that are, are probably not supposed to be done. And he, he is, he is a master when it comes to that stuff. He's, he flies so much. It's insane. Yeah. We had a guy uh, show up out here and I thought it was going to be like the sheriff or someone mad at us. And this old dude stopped and he is the county judge. And he is also, he's a small town, right? He's the judge and he's also the manager for this airport. And he came out and said, Hey, if you guys ever want to have a get together and have a bunch of paramotor guys out and have a party, feel free. You want to, and I was like, uh, we're probably not going to have a free, <laughs> probably not going to do a, a fly in here, but we have pretty much permission to run over this airport and do whatever we want, which is, that cool. is and, awesome. And he came out and gave us permission to just do whatever we wanted out there. So that was really cool. Um, it is so nice to find people like like the airport over here in Conway. You know, the airport manager was awesome. Gave us a whole area that we can go and and play with. Uh, you know, our, our PPG stuff and kite and um, it's it's uh, it's uh, behind you know um, a gated. It's it's coded, so you know we can fly from there and leave our cars unlocked if we want to. So it's really really nice. It, you know, I tell you what, being nice to people. And following the rule, don't be a dick, really advances you as a pilot, you as a person to, to find amazing LZs and places to go fly. Yeah, this was probably, this was my favorite flight ever. Um, I thought I wasn't even going to get to go on the flight. And this is where I actually flew 190 miles um, round trip. Uh, with two stops for fuel around the entire Paladero Canyon. So this was a really cool flight. Um, this was my favorite flight ever in, in, in anything I've ever done. This was uh, this was pretty magical because anytime you get above the clouds is magic, right? Yes. Um, and so this was, this was the, this was the flight to end all flights. Really. I kind of felt like this was the flight I always wanted to do. Um, And uh, this is actually, I'm actually flying over the Paladero Canyon over the fog. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can see the Paladero Canyon right there beneath me. And how high did you get on this one, AGL? I don't know. Does it say in my, 
I was pretty high there. So I'm at 7,000 feet. So I'm 4,000 feet above the ground. AGL? Yeah, that's above the ground. Yeah. 7,000? I was 4,000 feet above the ground. Oh, yeah. oh 4,000 AGL. What's the highest that you've ever gone AGL? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was 11. Wow. Close to, close to 11. I bet it was cold. Um, it was cold. <laughs> it was it was cold, and I learned two things from that. One, it's boring and cold, and two, you burn you burn altitude super fast doing wingovers. Because <laughs> it felt like I only did wingovers for like thirty seconds, and I was already back down to you know, um, yeah, I was like really surprised. I was like kind of upset about it. I'm like, man, I, cl- I felt like I climbed forever, and I did like you know, a few wingovers and stuff. And then I was back, you know, back down close to the ground. So I'm surprised you didn't k- kill your motor and just, you know, float around up there. Oh, no, I, that was back when I was fairly new to paramotoring. I was, I was still scared of engine outs. <laughs> <laughs> I miss this camera, man, this, this helmet camera. GoPro sucks so bad compared to this camera right here. The Sony. It, it you could charge it like it had a USB and you could charge it while you were flying it. And it had a 3.5 microphone input on the back of it. And it had image stabilization and it wouldn't do 4k. And like the 4k was terrible on it, but just for 1080p, it just beat the pants off of the GoPro. And I lost it because it got ripped off the top of my helmet while I was on a hike and fly. Oh so. no. So I actually did go down in the canyon on this river. This is one reason why I'm terrible at cross country. And I realize I'm never going to be like one of these X-race guys is that I cannot, I cannot go without finding, you know, some cool thing to fly down and, and going for it. So I actually did fly down the, uh, and I actually talked about the wind, talked about the wind. So, Oh, like I should have used this as like an illustration on the wind. See how the wind's coming into the canyon and then see how the wind's turned. Oh yeah. That, that's a good illustration. So that's actually what the wind was doing that day. <laughs> the wind flowed into the Canyon and literally makes a 90 degree turn to flow down the Canyon like water. And that's normally what canyons do. We're in a weird weather cycle, so it's not doing it right now. Um, we're getting a Northern wind, which is very unusual for us. Um, yeah, this is actually down in the Palo Canyon. So I don't, uh, I don't get too far off the highway in the Palo Canyon because it's literally wilderness. I mean, even though it's private land, you're, I mean, literally you can be 40 miles away from another human. So it, to me, it's kind of scary. And I did fly with the Garmin inReach on this flight. So I did actually have a satellite tracker so I could hit the SOS button if I needed to. So, cause some of this is, so this area is no one will travel here for weeks and weeks and months, you know, unless they're trying to find cattle. So how did your day end, David, when you went into the water? Oh, God. That was a miserable day to end, man. Um, well, I mean, did, you, know, you had a way that did you have any ground support or? Oh, hell no. No, I never have any support, dude. Um <laughs> I'm trying to remember how. I just noticed that I just noticed that David Ruff was in the chat. 
What's up, Ruff? Long time no see. Ruff. David Ruff was there um, at Kylo Glees the day after I took that big collapse and almost died. Um, yeah, I was pretty sketched out that day, but that was the first time I ever actually met Dave Ruff in person. Um, my, my, my dog even knows him. He always goes rough, rough. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot remember where that damn flight is. Let's see. Videos. This was a fun flight too. It was a goofy flight. I actually tried to herd cattle. I had a rancher ask me to help him herd some cattle. And what? Yeah. Um, if you guys want to know where to go, all you have to do is go to paramotorguest.com and that will take you over to David's uh, YouTube channel. If you do that, make sure you hit that subscribe and hit that bell notification because obviously he does some serious shenanigans. What are you up to? 300 and what? 500 and what? I don't know. I, I haven't really kept track. And honestly, if you look, I don't, I don't post a whole lot of videos anymore. I guess maybe one every, um, you know, when I had that collapse, um, that really kind of slowed me down a lot. And I actually went and started doing a lot of free fly. And that's kind of where my videos kind of stopped because I'm not going to lie. I think free flight videos are kind of boring. Um, so I don't make a whole lot of them other than just like if something happens, right? Like I, I've made a few videos of free fly. But like this, this video, man, I mean, I, I almost died here. And so it just kind of, it really freaked me out. And uh, I don't know, I, I chilled out for a while. So you'll see there's like some huge breaks, right? Like I was putting out, I was putting out videos about two a month. And then I hit this one. And then it kind of dropped off, right? For like, five months I didn't put out any videos I, I was still flying I was just doing a lot of free fly so I didn't do uh I didn't do many videos anymore was it, but, was it during was it during COVID because during COVID I I just didn't do any videos either it seemed like dude, did you get fat over COVID because I oh my you. god I got so fat it's ridiculous we need to be COVID or we need to be uh keto buddies man again because I guess yeah. so you after COVID, you got on keto and you were skinny and I was skinny whenever, like when you came down to visit, I was 178 pounds or something like that. I'm 205 now. Dude, all my stuff, like, oh man, it, like my, none of my free flight gear fits at all very good anymore. I'm trying to see, uh, that's at the recovery. This was a bad, this was, this was my worst flight ever as far as in the air. Not my worst launch, but see, I'm climbing out here and uh, watch this. So I what took the a hell? full half collapse. My wing literally folded in half and I went parachutal. Um, not many people saw this because it was kind of buried in a, a larger video and I was okay with doing that. I didn't want to make just a video of me almost dying. Um, but yeah, you can see like my my right hand brake just like goes all the way down because I lost complete pressure because that whole side just folded in. Um, are, are you, you holding? See, are you holding too much brake as you're as you're climbing out or what? Um, what we believe happened was 
and we reviewed the video to the, uh, I sat there with a group of guys, like here's Kyle, his, his little wing is right there. He had landed down here, right? He had just landed down here and it gave me kind of a false sense of security. So I did, my main mistake here was I had put my trims out when I was up high and I got low and I forgot to pull my trims back in. Mm. And I think that was really my big mistake, right? And there was a little bit more mechanical turbulence once I got low. The wind was coming across these trees in the distance here, this direction. So the, the wind was coming, um, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. The wind was coming in this direction, right? So it wasn't coming over these trees. It was coming over these trees here. So it was quite a ways away. And the wind was coming from here to here. And what we think happened is we think the wind was hitting these trees, came up and over. We think it was creating kind of a vortex here. I don't know that that's what happened. I'm not, you know, I don't know um, wholly what happened. But I do know that the flux is trimmed very fast. And having your trims out, you do have to hold quite a bit of brake pressure to, to keep it back. Right. Um, but yeah, it just frontaled on me and, uh, and we, you'll see, I actually like buzzed the ground. I actually scooted on the ground <laughs> as I, and then there's power lines right here. Right. So like, even though I was recovering, there's power lines. When I, when I skid down, you can see power lines are right here. Jeez, and you just barely scooted over those, too. Yeah. I think maybe you hit Causeway, good old uh, Dave, because he, he did land just as you were coming in. I, I think I think he's right as far as the trims. The, the, the I think trims, the trims. Yeah. With your trims all the way in, you wouldn't take that type of collapse, even with that, that rotor around there. I don't. I don't. I think you're right. Um, I think having those trims out, they weren't all the way out. They were only like uh, halfway out or three quarters out. But that's just not the safest configuration. It just is. It's just like holding three quarter speed bar, right, on a non reflex wing. Uh, basically, I just came in, dude, and I just landed. I, and what's crazy is I was so freaked out, I didn't even check the trims the whole flight back. So I came in and landed with my trims out, right. Um, Nice and fast, but you probably had some good flare authority too. Yeah, I had great flare authority. I mean, it, I landed. I used to land with my trims out a lot on this wing. Until now, I don't. I don't jack with those trims hardly anymore. Like if I'm slow, I'm just slow. Um, the only time I'll ever touch trims is if it's getting towards dusk and the air's real calm and I want to get home quick. It's the only time I ever take trims out that. Otherwise, I don't ever even touch the damn things. Um, I'm, I'm with but, you the same way. Trims are only to get some speed with altitude because yeah. if you take a collapse, you better pull those trims in or else, you know, it's very possible you won't even open up again. See, Dave's in this somewhere. Bite me, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> like literally on the video, like I'm setting up to launch, right? When's the time you want someone trash talking you when you're trying to do your pre-flight, right? <laughs> um, so Dave, Dave comes up to me. Um, He's like, dude, I'm afraid you're going to fly right into that windsock. I'm like, bro, come on, really? <laughs> and you flew into the windsock? No, I did oh, not okay. fly into the windsock. But was that, uh, was that the party weekend or something, Dave? There's a lot of people there. Yeah, that was uh, Kylo Glee has this this uh, Thanksgiving party that he throws. Yep. It's yep. not really a fly-in. But it's so much freaking fun, dude. Um, basically, you you go f like uh, 
basically you go fly and then you just have like this giant party and it is like the most redneck amazing fun you'll ever have in your life like there's Kyle Glee driving his truck with like people piled up on the hunting like he's got a hunting rack on top of it and literally there's just like a mass of humanity on this this damn truck it's hilarious like people just hanging off of it there's my wife um but like they had this bonfire that's like the size of a house. Like you can't even get like 30 yards from this thing once it gets going. Um, but this, this is probably one of the most fun parties I've ever been to in my life. Uh, these, these rednecks know how to party. There you go. I'm all so, about yep. that. <laughs> in the South, man, these guys party and no questions asked the next day, right? Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we actually, this guy was in this quad with dude. We rolled this quad up on its roof. <laughs> we rolled onto its roof, and then it rolled back on its side. And I had to crawl out the top, and I grabbed the side of this quad and yanked and did a pull up a couple times until I got it rolled back on its wheels. <laughs> and then I got back in, and he just hammered it again. And man, we were off to the races again. God. That's Kyle. <laughs> these guys are crazy. That wasn't Kyle. It was one of his buddies. But oh. these guys, man, they're going down these damn forests at like 50 miles an hour. I was just like, these guys are nuts. You know what I also noticed? That your uh, your little guy, your David Carroll guy, your cartoon doesn't have a helmet either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your cartoon. Yeah, I kind of like that. I don't use it much anymore, but I thought that was cool. I paid a guy like fifty bucks from uh, India or something like that to make that for me. Was that on? Was that on Fiverr? wasn't on Fiverr. It was on some other website. This is before Fiverr got big. Is when I did that. But uh, I don't know. There's another crash. <laughs> I guess I did. I've had quite a few crashes. It wasn't really a crash. It was just a really fast downwind landing. That was on the uh, that was on the flat top, dude. Yeah, that's probably where all the damage came from. <laughs> dude, that thing was beat up, but the price you got it at was about the worth of that motor. And by the way, I miss that motor. I do too. I do best too. That was motor. the best motor I've ever had because after I got it back, I rebuilt the thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and after I rebuilt it, man, that was solid as a freaking. Because the main thing I told you, it just needed a carb. That was the big thing it needed on that motor, right? I went through and replaced the rings and bearings and everything mm -hmm. else. Um, got a new carb for it. On it. Yeah. Wow. I, I replaced everything. I did a hundred hour maintenance on it because, you know, I figured that you probably, you know. Um, I, you probably didn't need a, you probably didn't need rings and, and the, the crate, if you're just talking about the crank bearing, you probably didn't need that for probably another 30 to 40 hours on it. Cause I had done, cause I had replaced the, remember how many hours I put on this thing. You know, I put, I put hundreds of hours on this. Yep. But, uh, what happened was, Oh, you had this happen to you too. On the same motor, you had your, uh, your pull start break, right? Many times. Yeah, because the pull starts on those were garbage. Yeah, they and were. Look, look at this video, dude. Like, watch this. Like, watch this. I don't know if you, like, hang on. I think I slow-mo it. 
Oh, there it goes. <laughs> you can see that. You see that pole start just flying off into the distance, dude. I, you know, you know, but the, the pole starts were only like 20 bucks. You got them on Amazon. Once I showed you the one to buy. Yeah. The yes, Tecumseh sir. One. Yes, sir. Matter of fact, I still got one. And actually what sucks is the new pull starts are really expensive when you have to replace the stuff on those and you can't buy aftermarkets. I know I had to replace one of mine already. Yeah. So yeah, I ended up landing downwind and I didn't even have to, but I, I got sketched out and hit the, the kill switch. Um, and yeah, you can see I actually landed at 28 miles an hour on my, on my, it was a hot landing, dude. But I'll tell you, that's why I like these frames, man, because it didn't hurt the frame at all on this landing. I don't understand why more frames are not designed to take a freaking beating, you know? I, know. I think it's because everybody wants, like, I'm not going to lie, like, the weight distribution on the flat top and the Skytap Angel, it puts a lot of pressure on the front of your and yeah, you've you've carried a lot of other paramotors at this time just to check them out, right? Yep. You gotta admit, walking around in them is a lot more comfortable. I I don't like walking around in the angel. No, it sucks. But, but I also got uh, my my landings dialed in where I can like land right next to my car and put my wing down right next to my car too. So I mean I got my landings dialed in. Before I used to have that um, the angel wheels. Remember the angel wheels that I brought around, which which were uh, um, the uh, um, what was that thing that I had? The, what was it called? Uh, yeah, the yeah the wheels out there in the back. The, the blue ones. The dolly. the dolly, that big word. Yeah. So I brought. <laughs> I got a dolly with uh, that that was blue, just like my angel, and had the big old tires and stuff. So every time that I would go uh, fly, I'd bring that with me because I wasn't dialed in. I I couldn't land next to my car. I I don't want to walk it, so I land it. You know, sit down, quick release, go back to my car, wheel that dolly out, and bring it back with me. But now I got now I got wheels. I got trike wheels. So now it doesn't make a difference where I go. What about so those this, airbags? This is got Rick. This is Rick Simmons. He's the best paramotor propeller repair guy in the nation, he in my opinion. Repaired my stuff. Matter of fact, if you can go, I gave him a dot com to use uh, paramotorfans.com. So I think if you go to paramotorfans.com, you go straight to Rick's. Really? Yeah. Because he is a recluse, dude. He doesn't I like know. he posts on Facebook like an advertisement every once in a while, but he doesn't go to Facebook and talk to anybody or anything. He is a total recluse. Yeah, go to um, paramotorfans.com. It goes straight to his... Uh... But let me tell you what, he's an amazing trainer. Um, and and I, I actually cut something out here. Uh, he actually, uh, he gets me running again and I fly back and I don't show it, but he actually hand props this fucking engine. And uh, he he hand starts it, gets the damn motor running. I launch and fly it back to the LZ. <laughs> you know, when I had that uh, that uh, um, that uh, that motor out when I was with my friends, we tried to hand start that engine, but it would not go, no matter what we did. Yeah. And we, he, we hand started it like a boss, dude. I cut it out because I didn't ever want to show something on YouTube of him doing something dangerous. <laughs> like that's. I, at least, I, at least, at least, you never talk about it on on YouTube and 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 point them out, right? Well, <laughs> <are you? laughs> YouTube. I hope it doesn't. Um, 
Nobody watches. Nobody watches this part, anyways. I mean, yeah, he told me. He told me basically, and I've never done it. Um, he said basically, I'm going to do this for you, but you never do it, right? Like it's one of those things. Like, hey, I'll do this. Never hand start a motor. <laughs> yeah, his instructor probably told him the same thing. Yeah, I mean, everybody says that. Yeah. Never ever. Well, I mean, but but that's what that's how paramotors were started years ago. Yes, I mean, sir. we didn't have helmets. We had a straight shaft. We didn't have clutches. We started mm -hmm. it like that. That's how you used to start planes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's still planes. There are still planes out there that you hand, you hand start the prop on them. Yeah. Um, I saw a guy with a gyrocopter and he, he, he hand started it by the, by the gyrocopter, by the tail, the tail wing. That's how he started it. Um, and that's a fairly recent video. It you can do it safely. You just grab it and then pull away, right? You pull right. away from the blade. Um, but I didn't want to show it on, you know, I didn't want to show it on YouTube because it's just it's someone else. And I, I try to respect other people and not show other people, you know. Um, just make sure your throttle's back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's and that yeah, is, that's one thing about the the um you know, the angel and the flat top, it has a locking mechanism, you know, yeah. on the throttle. So if you make sure it goes in and out when you don't touch it, yeah. you, it will not go full throttle. You know, I don't know, you know, the whole don't ground start thing. I a hundred percent agree and understand why that is taught, but I kind of feel like sometimes it would be nice if you had to give someone an addendum. Listen, sometimes like as an adventure pilot, you land out in the middle of nowhere and your carburetor is at a different altitude and it's not running great and it won't start. You just cannot get the damn thing to start. If you're out in the middle of the boonies, you're going to ground start the damn thing, right? I feel like people should be taught the safe way to do it if you have to do it, right? And I feel like like what people don't train, since, since the whole thing is never, never do it, right? They don't teach the safe way is to make sure that 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 thing when you you can look back and see that that carburetor is opening and closing right and pull rick showed me right he said okay here's how you safely ground start but and then he told me don't ever ground start right but then he said here's how to do it safely look back there look at your carburetor arm make sure that thing is all the way out because those things can get stuck in even if your trigger is out he said, make sure that thing is all the way out before you ever ground start a motor. And I feel like people should at least be able, people should at least be told if you're going to do it, make sure that damn carburetor is not stuck. I know how many, um, how many videos have we seen out there that people ground start and all of a sudden it goes full throttle and they get sliced. Yeah. Way and if they many. would just be taught, make sure that carburetor is not closed, that would actually solve a lot of those too. Because people yes. are going to break the rules, right? People are going to ground start, whether you tell them to or not. Um, they're going to, they're just, they're just going to. We see that in reality, right? Like we can tell people everybody should get a COVID vaccine, right? But what is the reality? Not everybody's going to. Some people are going to take the risk. If they're going to take the risk, I think people should know. If you're going to take the risk, at least make sure your damn throttle isn't stuck open. Um, I'm just saying, like, again. I'm not advocating for people to ground start, but I'm saying in reality, you go out to a fly-in, you're going to see people are ground starting. See a lot of At people. At least they should try and do it as safely as possible. Exactly. 
right? So, but but at, but at a fly-in, it's actually easy to have someone come over and help start your motor while it's on your back. Yeah, it is, but you still see people going out starting. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I've been around a bunch of paramotor pilots, right? I see a lot of ground starting is what it is. Um, I will say that's another thing about the Angel and the flat top and the Walker jet is that they are extremely safe to ground start. Um, have you ever had an engine go wild on you? Never, because I always check to make sure that trigger is, you know, goes all the way out and it's locked before I start. I mean, I'm one time. That happened one time. There was a video of someone. It happened the same way kind of to them. I started on my rack, right? And I actually had it on my shoulders. And I went to uh, I went to walk forward. And my throttle hung up on the rack and yanked it. And yanked it and pushed it wide open. And that damn, and it was, it was in that flat top I sold you. And it pins me to the ground right wide open and i'm just pinned to the ground and rick had my trainer had actually showed me how to disable a paramotor if that ever happens and i reached back and pulled that uh that bulb right the the, the fuel bulb you just squeeze that pull, fuel bulb bulb and uh and it it floods the engine and kills it but uh that's scary man because those things wide open you can't fight a lot of power yeah. I mean, you can, you can fight it if you're lean back into it real hard, right? When you know it's coming, right. but if it just goes wild and you're just like standing upright, you're, you're toast. There's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. Absolutely uh, nothing. Which is, which is why those comfort bars are a savior when it comes it kept to me off the ground. Right. Keeps that yeah. from, from coming down and smacking you that, that, that uh, 500 test pound, or 400 test pound, depending on um, what you got, you know, your head, that's not pushing your head through and hitting the prop either. Yeah. And that does happen to people. I've seen it where they, their helmets hit the prop. Oh. <laughs> it's scary, man. I've, but seen I will where, say, I've seen where helmets go through the prop because they forget to check their chin. My buddy that came down and flew with me this weekend, he actually, uh, he cut his wife's arm. Uh, and it was pretty, it was pretty gnarly. Um, she was holding the throttle and he was ground starting. Oh. And, or, and no, no, he was, I can't remember how he told me it went down, but essentially it went wild on him and he basically ditched it, right? Like he just threw it. And I guess when he threw it, it went crazy and actually came up and caught her arm and sliced it open real bad. Uh, they're dangerous. Was this was this a couple years ago? Yeah, you know who it is. Don't yes, say I do. Name. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> so it is dangerous. I'm just going to say that. Um, <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah. Don't say his name. No, He's no, not guy. say no, no, no names. But yes, um, I know exactly who you're talking about. I actually yeah. talked with them, and um, they, they told He's me the story, and I, and I saw it. Yeah. I, I actually, this is this. That's the story that I tell my students too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he will tell you that. I just don't want to speak on someone else's behalf and say their name. I, I agree. He, I agree. I don't want to disparage anybody. <laughs> I agree. What do you think? What do you guys think of these? Um, oh, I call them an airbag underneath the seat. Sounds like a good idea to me. I mean, I like fly. it on my parrot. I mean, I won't fly a free flight harness without one of those. And so, if I don't have a 
yeah. they call it the crumple zone, but we all know it's not really going to crumple. It's just going to hit really hard. Um, they generally don't crumple that they usually stay the cripple zone on a flat top or a, or an angel usually stays rigid and that force goes to your back. But the harness will keep and those yes. uh, and the, um, and uh, yes. comfort bars will bend in as you go down. So there yes. is some crumple. It will rip your harness. It'll yeah. destroy the harness. Um, they call it's it a crumple. Back. I, I think back. it's, a, I think that's, not really false advertising, but it's not what really happens when we actually see those things crash. What usually happens is the comfort bars come in and the the and the harness actually rips and tears and yeah. goes down and it, it absorbs a lot of impact, but it doesn't really crumple like Dell advertises that it would crumple. Um, it is safer, but the, I don't know if it's better or the next best thing, but I think having an airbag at the bottom is a great idea. Mm. I mean, I don't see how it can possibly help or possibly hurt to have anything that can stop you from breaking your back. Absolutely. I, I, I was just thinking whether they work at, at slow speed when you're leaning, you know what I mean? Like, they should. They yeah. should. Yeah, because it's just like on a free flight harness. As soon as you are in air that's pushing against it, it basically has a check valve. It's got a big flap in there and, and the wind hits it and can push in but as soon as it tries to compress, that check valve closes and it and it holds oh, that air. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I don't see why it wouldn't. Because all you have to, it, once you're in flight, it's going to be inflated. And, and even if you don't have air pushing against it, it's still going to retain that inflated shape. Um, I think they're a great idea. I think anything we can do to, you know, you saw that where I almost turfed into the ground, right? I mean... I would have wanted one. If, 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 if I was flying a different paramotor and you said, hey, do you think those airbags are a good idea? That day I would have said, hell yes, they're a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we can I, say. I, I, I'm not sure what, what an airbag would do if we were flying the Angel, though. I mean. No, I wouldn't. I, but on other paramotors where, right. where they sit down on the ground, I think an airbag is a great idea. Absolutely. Can you imagine if everybody flew an angel we wouldn't have all these issues where people get chopped up and and stuff that that is that is honestly kind of true yeah i mean i i hate to say i don't want to disparage other paramotors um i think that's something that dell does and i disagree with the way he does it but you would definitely see a lot less debilitating injuries if other paramotors would make I think that the ultra lightweight paramotors should be sold to expert paramotor pilots. I agree. Uh, I agree. I think just like just like wings, we should have A wings, we should have A paramotors, B yes. paramotors, C paramotors. Yeah, I think you should have high safety paramotors. And then I think that low safety paramotors should be for slalom pilots and maybe cross the Tucker dots, the the people who are Maybe even me, right? I'm a P3 now in paragliding. I'm, I'm a pretty experienced pilot. Um, I don't want a different frame because if I, you know, I just like something that holds up. But um, maybe that's who I think they should be marketed to personally. Um, and maybe we should. Have, I, and I find it so funny. Don't you, don't you think it's funny that everybody harps on wing safety, but so little thought is put into frame safety i've thought the same thing 
Yeah, like everybody's like A wing, it's safe. B wing, it's safe. It stays inflated. It never collapses. Everybody always talks about the wing, but nobody ever talks really much about the passive safety. And I think honestly, Dell poisoned that well. I think that's why he poisoned it so bad because honestly, if he was not the dick that he is, and he was not the the tyrant, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm not going to say anything, but. If he did not advertise the way he did and he was mm -hmm. a nicer person and didn't say that, you know, if you fly anything else, you're going to die, you know, or, or the hoax flex and all that stuff. If he was, I don't even know how to say it, different, he probably right. would have cornered the market with that thing. I think he would have, too. He just pushed a lot of people away. And the yeah. problem with Dell is that he speaks two truths and a lie. I always tell people that, like, literally 70 60 to 70 percent of what comes out of his mouth is the absolute God's honest truth. Yeah, it's just that 20 percent where he stretches it into a lie of marketing that spoils the rest, right? The hoax flex, right? He did, did I tell you he, he kept offering to buy my charger because he wanted to fly the charger, take it, make it look bad, make it put it into a collapse and make it look terrible and then stick it in a barrel and burn it. Mm. Wow. In fact, is he offered to send me a uh, gosh, he was going to give me a dominator for like cheap. He was going to give me like a new dominator for like a thousand dollars or something like that. If I would send him my my charger <laughs> as a trade in. And I'm just not going to let someone because I know the way he does his tests. They're rigged. Right. Like he never puts them in a apples to apples comparison he always puts them in an apples to grapefruit <laughs> comparison and it's just not fair um and i wasn't going to be a part of it um yeah so yeah. I, 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 I haven't seen dell out there in a while i've only seen trevor yeah and i think it's because he realized how bad his uh his brand of marketing was hurting the company uh, and i will say this trevor is uh, a lot more likable. I like Trevor. He's never done I anything. Do I mean, he's I'll just a, a good kid. Yeah, he came up to me at the Endless Foot Drag, and I had my flat top and the angel sitting right next to each other. So 2019, 2020. God, I can't remember with all the COVID what year stuff was. But um, but he came up and talked to me and said, yeah, I'm friends with Andrew and this, that, and the other. Well, that couldn't be farther from the truth, obviously. Um, <laughs> but he was trying to get some intel on it. And I, sh I showed him around, you know, showed him around. He wanted to fly it or he wanted to fly my, I think he wanted to fly it and uh, told him no. I didn't want anyone else flying my gear. But uh, but aside from that, I mean, he's been nothing but cordial. Um, and I'm okay with that, by the way, right? Like I'm okay with a little guerrilla hostile marketing. I just think Dale takes it way too far, right? I'm okay with, with manufacturers trading barbs with each other. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But I just think when you're when you're insulting, you know, a lady who died of a brain aneurysm while flying, I think that's taking it too far. So, do you have fireworks going on outside behind you? I see fireworks. Yeah, he does. I have a pretty good view from my office. Oh, now it's even worse on the screen, isn't it? Yeah, I can't see nothing now. You got go ahead and kill your lights for a second. 
like I don't oh oh I know what it is. It's the door. There you go. Now now kill your monitors. <laughs> <laughs> Not the fourth of July yet. Uh, that's the baseball game. Oh, okay. I think he killed your um now. Killed your video now. Oh well. You tried. Oh uh, yeah, my monitor powers the uh the USB ports. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'm gonna head home. I've still gotta drive home. All right, guys. Um, it's about time for us to to close everything down anyway. So definitely appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we appreciate your time. Had a a good good day. I've got a couple of people in here and uh, had a good after party. So definitely appreciate you. And thank you so much for for hanging out with us. You're more than welcome. To come and hang with us any Monday night, dude. Yeah, man. If I'm not busy, I will. I'm in the middle of a big software invitation. I probably should have kept working tonight, but. I needed a break. But thanks for inviting me, man. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. I always enjoy Thank talking you, to you. Peace out, guys. All right. Have a good one. Thank you so much. Well, that was nice. We could hang out with us for a couple of hours. Yeah, man. That was a good show. Yep. I enjoyed it. Jim is, uh, I see Jim landed and he's uh, he has a fire. Hey, Jim, can you hear us? I don't know if he can hear us or not. Yeah, that's me, but that's uh, Jim Samard, not Sir. CR120. Did I say Jim CR120? I thought I didn't. I thought I just said Jim. Oh, you said landed, so I was thinking of him because he had just finished flying. Oh, I mean, I saw your feet out like you're landing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> landed right into the fire. <laughs> cool yeah yeah it was a good show a lot of good information there yeah folks yeah he's, he's got he's got some experience definitely um, it was a very interesting show and to, and to watch and, and to hear him where he says that he goes out and finds different LZs almost every single time and doesn't fly for the same one that's pretty cool and being such an adventure person like he is, I think that's pretty neat. I wonder how many other people, you know, go out and try to find a new LZ every single time they go out. You know, what surprised me the most is the fact that he was so, you know, sharing about his favorite LZs. Most people keep stuff like that <laughs> a secret, you know. Yeah, but now he pulled up Google Maps. Oh, this is my favorite one right here. But of course, he's yeah. way out in the, yeah. in the, I guess he goes way out in the boonies. Some good territory there, that's for sure. It's, it's hard to find a good LZ. And of course, if you find a good one, you don't want to lose it by, you know, just, you know, 100 different people running to it and, you know, ruining it for them, unfortunately. So, yeah, I understand. I think it's important to... Uh, you know, travel, find new areas because if, if you're flying from the same area, it can get a little boring, you know, seeing the same thing. 
and it, it's good to uh, to see new new area. Long long as you're aware of where you are, because like he said, uh, it, it could be forty kilometres, forty miles from anybody if you have a power out or something like that. Um, that would be scary. I don't. I don't think I could do that. Yeah, uh, I, I'd say that, the same. Really adventurous there. Yeah, who, who's going to come and rescue you? You know, like it, it's okay. It's okay if you can walk out or whatever. But if you got injured, man, that's why I've. I just. I have no desire to free fly. I mean, I think it's great for pe people that want to do it. I'm not a para waiter. I, I hate to para wait. Um, I, I, I like to be able to go do something. You know, I like to fly to a destination, to go adventure flying, to say, hey, I'm going to take off from here and go to here and then go to there and come back or, you know, go do something. You know, I don't want to just fly off a mountain and then just go with the wind. I mean, I would, I'd hate to land someplace and have to walk like three miles to get to a road and then wait for, for an Uber to pick me up. That doesn't sound like fun at all to me, unfortunately. <laughs> to me, to, to yeah. me. No, you, you're dead right. And that's, like I said, providing you, you land and you're capable of walking out. If you got injured or something, yeah. Right. Yeah, but even if you didn't get injured, if it was something small, just a small thing, I mean, it could turn into a disaster. I mean, you yeah. needed a spark plug, or, or you know, your fuel uh, a fuel line broke, or you didn't have the part. I mean, any little thing could be a, a hiccup. Yeah. yeah. Hey Jim, I'm sorry. I keep on muting you because you keep on making noise in the background. So you can unmute yourself if you want to chat. That wasn't me. That was a Harley Davidson. Okay, in in your in your microphone. You that Harley Davidson. It was a Harley Davidson. Hey, real quick, uh, Jim, tell us about the uh, calendars, uh, real quick. Since you're since you're here. They're they're going really well. We've got a few printed, and they. We've had a few orders, which is really quite nice, and through ppgzone.com. And uh, we got a bunch in stock. So if you want some, order them, and we'll get them out to you. Absolutely. So go to paramotorcalendar.com and check it out. Go to ClearProp TV if you want to uh, pre-order. Um, Jim is going to be sending me some as soon as I uh, pay for this uh, order. So don't worry, Jim. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay that invoice in in a moment. Um, but yeah, uh, go to Clearprop TV. Use .com. One of those QR codes. It's twenty five dollars for um, for a calendar, and then fill out that little form next to it and say, "Hey, I pre ordered." And as soon as I get them in, I'll start sending them out. So thank you, Jim, for helping us out with this project. I'm thinking that Moonshiners will, um, yeah, Moonshiners will be the next. So Moonshiners, all the pictures that you can take, we're going to do another another gallery where everybody uploads their their favorite uh, pictures, and then we'll vote on it, and the top 18 get into the next uh, the next calendar. Right on. 
Anyway, um, how about we chat for a minute um, privately? So let's go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. If you guys want to join us and chat for, I'd say, 10 minutes um, behind the scenes without it being, um, what do you call it, recorded. So let me find that. I think I had it. Where's my meeting ID? I'll, post, I'll put, put the meeting ID one more time. If you want to join us and just want to chat, Behind the scenes, you're more than welcome to. And then we're going to be done here in about 10 minutes. Fly, baby, fly. You got to join us too, buddy. We haven't chatted with you in a minute. So there's the uh, meeting ID and password. Go ahead and join us. So I'll say farewell. I appreciate you guys joining us. And thank you very much, David Carroll, for joining us. And everybody else that was on the panel. And everybody else that was in the the chat, I'm sorry if I wasn't able to get to all y'all, all y'all, y'all, y'all. And we'll see you tomorrow at uh, 7 p.m. at Shane's Hangout. 8 Eastern. What's that? 8 Eastern. Yep, 7 Central, 8 Eastern at ppgshane.com. And then Wednesday, you can find Jade and all the ladies that fly paramotors at paramotorgirl.com. So, peace out, everyone. Good night. Peace Good night. out. Stop streaming. No, it's not copy. Right. Stop. And uh, everyone that has listened to us, we appreciate you guys listening to us. You're probably listening to us on your favorite podcasting app. We appreciate you. Make sure that you go over to clearproptv.com if you want to watch the show and um, join us next week. And you can listen to us some more on paratalk.org. And we are clear. Bye. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. And once again, I apologize that I have not put these video or videos, these audio clips up for the PBG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, paratalk.org and clearproptv.com. Anyways, uh, like I said, pretty soon, right after you hear this, uh, probably probably day after. I, I think I'll space them out a little bit. So you'll hear this. Today is Tuesday. So yeah, I'll put this up uh, probably Wednesday morning, if not Tuesday, and then the next one on the next day, and the next day on the next day. So busy. Hey, thank you so much again. Go over to clearproptv.com if you want to get some free stickers from us. Just fill out that form and say that, hey, I want some free stickers. Have a great day, and we'll see you, well, probably tomorrow, right on the bonus episode.